like threw me way off. What the fuck happened? There? It felt so natural. I just say I accidentally called Dustin baby before the beginning of the podcast. Wow. And uh, it I just flowed out of my mouth and I couldn't help it. Welcome to Movie Boners, everybody. Hi. I'll never do it again. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was. Ugh. I mean. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> hi, Jake. I've never done it in the last, um, I don't even know how many years we've been friends. In the friends. last, like, 15 years we've known each other. Yeah. Well, I've never movie, done that before. Movie boners first, everybody. <laughs> I mean, Christy has always considered you and I to be, like, the bromance. Well, you just yeah. took it to a new level, good sir. Took it up a notch. Mm. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, what beer do you have for today's episode? All right. I legit could not find a beer that would match this movie. Okay. But mm -hmm. I did find a Japanese rice beer. And I was like, okay. fuck yeah, I don't even care what the name is. Um, so I am drinking... I'm going to butcher this. We should preface this episode. <laughs> There's a lot of names and words that we have never heard or spoken before. And we're, we're going to attempt to them the first time live on air. It's going to be rough. So we apologize ahead of time. But the beer I'm drinking today is Yuzu Lager. Okay. Uh, it is a Japanese rice beer, as I just It looks said. like the only way you could pronounce that. Yuzu yep. Lager. You know, I say that, I think that, <laughs> I'm sure we are wrong. <laughs> I, I would tend to agree with you, yes. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, like you, I had a very similar thought. I was like, I will go and try to find a Japanese beer. That sounds like a good way to do this. And I got to the store and I found, ostensibly, it said on the label, the number one Japanese beer and I was going to get oh. it, but it was in a bottle. And I don't really love doing bottles because it just kind of neuters the, the opening same. of the show. Yeah. Yeah. So I kept looking and I came across this gem, which is not uh, actually Japanese. As a matter of fact, it is a sake lager by Iron Maiden, the band. They are apparently in the craft beer business yeah. now. There's a few bands and that do that. It is called Sun and Steel, and it has a little Japanese samurai on there, and it looks right. very cool. All right. And it's a it's a lager made with sake yeast. I mean... And it is pretty good. I mean, there is sake in the movie. So, hey, look at us. We did it. Yeah. Dude, this is we pretty did good. It. This is pretty good. good. Very... Yeah, I can't say I've ever had a Japanese beer. Yeah, me neither. It's very I had a Chinese light. beer for the Kung Fu episode, though. I did not. That was light as well, yes. I don't think I did. No, I did not. I kind of like this, dude. This might be the Good. best tasting light beer I've had for a long time. I really okay. like this. You know what the well, you best part to of the is? Japanese. They've been doing a lot of stuff for a really long time. I think they know what they're doing. Fair enough. I'm going to send you a picture that I feel mm -hmm. every every brewery should do. Uh, okay. And I'm going to post it, folks. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say this is kind of a personal moment. But, but this this beer, as 
everyone who's listened to us and you especially jake know i have a hard time with beer tabs sometimes <laughs> yes this i have learned thing, that doing the show with you it, it has like an actual little divot on the can top so you can get your finger under it it's oh wow fucking brilliant well thought out yeah the little <laughs> things guys it's true all right let's do this housekeeping i don't mean to rush um but I'm really excited to talk about this movie tonight, Jake. Okay, so good. Let's so let's this. get into this really quick. So uh, today, God, just quick so update worst. on the movie draft. <laughs> the good news, you did pass a billion dollars finally. So that's good for you. <laughs> the bad news is I am very close to two billion dollars. I know! <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah, that's pretty exciting, I would say. Uh, as far as things that have happened, Chevalier and Evil Dead Rise came out today, the day we're recording this, a week ago, the day you're hearing this. Uh, and they're okay. Seem like they're okay. <laughs> they're okay. No real box office, but ratings are good. So mm -hmm. more progress yeah. in that department. Uh, yeah, and Bo is afraid still only has 320,000 although uh it just came out recently they spread it out to more theaters recently mm -hmm. that 320,000 is from the original opening a week ago or yeah a week ago where they released in four theaters in the like east and west coast and apparently it's the largest per theater opening okay. of the year okay um, so hopefully that gets more but i don't really care i just want it to I be mean, a good movie I'm really excited to see it because you mm -hmm. and I are both like we're fans of Ari Aster and Joaquin yeah. Phoenix and it looks weird and fun and creepy as fuck. Would it be bad of me to say, though, that I kind of wish the rating was way lower, but the movie would be really good just so I could be selfish and have a win <laughs> finally in this fucking month? <laughs> I think that would be bad. Yeah, that would definitely be bad. I don't like that at all. I can't believe I ended up with the Pope's Exorcist. Fucking stole. <laughs> Pope's Exorcist isn't that bad. You stole Super Mario from me, and I'm I steal upset. anything. Hold on, fair and square. <laughs> we drafted these one by one, and you chose other movies over it. It was not the first round pick. I know. You also went before me in the first round, so you have zero excuses. <laughs> I mean, I Watch, wasn't going to pick it it's over not gonna matter. but it is. It's crazy. not going to matter once uh, Mission Impossible comes out. Then you'll be singing a different tune. God, I hope be very so. happy. I need, I need something to boost this because, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Not good for you. <laughs> Going badly. Yeah. Uh, look at that box. I, was just, I know. It's like a rocket ship. It's, it's like a rocket ship. <laughs> Fucking Jeep. Like a rocket So that's, that's the whole... Uh, movie draft thing. <laughs> uh, as far as new stuff we've seen, is have you seen anything new? In I the did. Last uh, week? So I went and saw Renfield. Okay. Um, Nicholas Cage is the best part. He is an awesome Dracula. He's exactly the kind of Dracula you would want and expect. Mm -hmm. uh, Nicholas Holt is awesome. He's Nicholas Holt. He's like the same guy, but it's okay. It's like Johnny Depp, yeah. where you're like. Yeah, you're basically the same character every movie, but it works, and that's okay. 
we forgive mm. you. Um, Unless it's uh, Warm Bodies, and then I do not forgive body. you. Which I never watched, so <laughs> I have to piggyback off of your opinion. Uh, it was fun. It was all right. I think they got a little too overzealous on some of the script aspect, like moments. There's a whole mm. weird thing where they mix in a crime family in New Orleans. Oh. And that just felt very odd to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Aquafina, I guess I'm just not a fan of hers <laughs> all that much. But she yeah. was all right in it. I think she did better in this movie than she did in Shang-Chi. You know, that, that MCU movie that most audiences already forgot about. Uh, I never saw it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. It was enjoyable. It was entertaining. It was cool. Okay, uh, good. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I would assume that uh, Nick Cage is the best part of that by far. But yeah, like, and you understand from the get go, like, I'm only really here to watch Nicolas Cage. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. I did go and see Super Mario Brothers, and that was just joyful. <laughs> A g- good time. Oh my God, dude. Like, the people bitching about it because it doesn't have super in-depth character development or struggles mm. clearly never played a Mario game because the games never have character development. Right. Uh, it's not about that. It's not about that. It is so much fun. It is a blast. I enjoyed every second of the super Mario <laughs> brothers. Uh, I, <laughs> I have nothing bad to say about it. It was fantastic. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. What about you? Um, I have not seen any new movies, but I did watch two new shows. Oh, my God. In the last week, I watched a whole season of two new shows. Uh, The first one is a show called From, which you may or may not have heard of. Mm -mm. It has uh, Michael from Lost in it. And it has a bunch of producers. The Russo brothers are producers of it. Producers of Lost are producers of it. Um, I think it's free on MGM Plus. Uh, I didn't know there was an MGM Plus, but it's also on Amazon Prime. It's also on Amazon Prime if you're interested in that. It's really good. Like, really good. It scratches (laughs) your mystery itch if you liked the craziest parts of Lost, but you wish it was more of it earlier on and squished together. It's crazy. And it's really cool. Um, And you should just watch it immediately. I really, really liked it. I, I, after I was watching the first episode, I was like, they better not cancel this show because I will be very upset. (laughs) And then I Googled it. And like the second season comes out in like a couple of days or something. Okay. So we're okay. There is a second season. Uh, It's, but the first season is great. We watched the whole thing in like a week, and it's a lot of fun. All right. The second thing I watched is a show called Jury Duty, which is... Okay. You may have seen an ad for this. Uh, no, a, I saw your wife posting about it. Oh, it's really good also. <laughs> it's really funny and really clever. Um, and I don't feel as bad about giving you the premise of this one. The other one from... Yeah, don't tell me shit about the other one. It's... It's so crazy. I don't even want to try to describe it. Um, but if you like mysteries, you'll like that. And like, there's a good amount of violence in From and some F-bombs. So if you like a violent F-bomb <laughs> version of Lost, you'll like From. 
Um, if you want, so jury duty is the premise is that it's a documentary about people getting into jury duty and what the legal system is like, but only one guy is a real guy and everything else is fake. The judge is an actor. All of the other jurors are actors and the, the they made up the actual court case that they're on and, uh, the lawyers and the defendants and everything are all actors. And so it's all about like, just, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of, I'm blanking on that movie with Jim Carrey, where he's the center the of Truman the show. world, the Truman show. Yes. Thank you. It's kind of like the Truman show, but set in a jury setting. Okay. And it's really, really good and really fun. Um, and then they reveal at the end to him that, uh, that it was all made up. And then they do a really cool thing in the last episode where they do like behind the scenes where they actually like show them how they had to do all this writing. Like what would we have done if you did this? What we, what would we do if oh, you did okay. this? They have to like, they don't know what he's going to do and they have to like write around it and all and improv all the actors. And it's really clever and right. really funny. Um, so definitely check out Drew Duty, I would say. Okay. Okay. I think that's also on Amazon. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't know. I'm not asking you. I think it's on Amazon. <laughs> if not, if I'm not, don't. Not asking you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's all of the housekeeping. Did I go fast enough for you to it. get through all that? No, I think that was yeah. it. I think we did okay. it. Uh, go to the merch store and buy stuff because we're Bam. getting rid of all that stuff in the next two or three or four weeks. <laughs> I don't remember exactly when this comes out, but around then, somewhere there. Do it, folks. Do it. Okay. So. All right. Today's episode. I'm so excited. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about last week. It was kind of crazy because we were talking about, man, it was really fun. The times when we watched a movie that we had both never seen before. Mm -hmm. Let's try that again. But it's hard to find a movie we both never seen before. And then just out of the blue, I embarrassingly asked you, I say embarrassingly because it's one of the most famous movies of all time. I embarrassingly asked you if you've ever seen Seven Samurai. And you were like, I think you were embarrassed too. You're like, no. I was. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, oh, thank goodness, because I've never seen it either. And we're both two schmucks with a movie podcast who've never <laughs> right. seen one of the greatest films of all time. <laughs> so we got the opportunity then to, to actually sit watch. down and watch Seven Samurai. Probably, I was going to say arguably the most famous Japanese movie. I think Godzilla might be a little more famous. I think Godzilla is more famous. Um, they are on complete, completely different planes, though. Like, Godzilla yeah. is amazing for what it is. I'm a huge fan of Godzilla. Um like Godzilla is the best monster movie pretty much ever next to Jaws, in my opinion. Uh, sure. Seven Samurai is considered like the greatest Japanese movie, just kind of period. Mm -hmm. I kind of agree. Spoiler alert. <laughs> like I. Yeah. So fucking off the top, <laughs> off the top, I think that was the main thing was. So obviously we're going to spoil Seven Samurai yeah. if you've never seen the movie from 1954. Like us, no judgment. We never saw it either until this week. Yep. Um, I would say it's definitely worth watching. It and, was. and 
it holds up like crazy. It's not like a lot of movies where like, it's so influential, but it was only just because of the time it was made in. No, this is genuinely a good movie that I will watch over and over and over. Now. Yeah, this uh, it is three and a half hours long with an intermission. Yeah. Um, after the first time I watched it, all I thought about was this movie the next day. Came mm-hmm. home from work, popped it right back in, rewatched it again. With like no qual- it was very much yeah. just holy crap. How yeah. the hell? Have I never watched this movie? Yeah. Like I was not, I was expecting it to be pretty good. I went into it with the expectation of just like, yeah, it was cool. Like that was, this was neat. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could see where like filmmakers took some, some inspiration from it. No, this movie was (laughs) like, holy shit. This pretty much influenced every movie I have enjoyed. Mm -hmm. That is like Western action thriller. I don't care. Yeah. It, it was Sci-fi. like, <laughs> I was completely taken off guard with how much I enjoyed this movie. I mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it, Jake. I was like, I hope Jake liked it as much <laughs> as I do. <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking about it a lot too, uh, after I've watched it this week. And I, I would say I loved it. I think that I definitely loved it there's no nothing else to say about that <laughs> like holy crap <laughs> mm-hmm. how is this movie yeah, not it's... being like taught in film schools which i'm sure it might be but yeah there is so much in this movie mm-hmm. like the character development is unreal to me because it's so subtle and they actually mm-hmm. they're so patient with it um the action is really fun. It's really cool. The story by itself, you know what this movie like really kind of showcased to me, Jake? It was like mm-hmm. validation for, I think, our arguably our biggest argument for filmmakers to the studios of studios need to just let the filmmaker make the mm-hmm. story he intended to make. Like, get your fucking right. hands out of the cookie jar. Let them tell mm-hmm. the story. If the movie's going to run long, you let it run long. Right. I think this movie Make is as like, long as it needs to be. Yeah. I think this movie is one of the shining examples, if not the example of that argument. Cause mm-hmm. I can't imagine this movie shortened like <clears throat> at all. No, <laughs> no. I mean, a lot happens in it. It takes place over a year basically. Yeah. And so they cram a year's worth of stuff into like you said, three and a half hours. Um, and all of the character development, he definitely takes his time. It yeah. moves, it moves at a good pace where you're interested the whole time. Um, but it definitely does take its time to get there. It lets the story build yeah. as opposed to trying to rush it or anything like that. There, there's a lot of breathability to the movie. And the whole time I was like, man, every time that I start, well, I didn't even really feel like, wow, this, the pacing feels a little off right here. It's kind of dragging. I never really felt that. I really was just so invested into it. And I love mm. like all the little tricks that they do to keep you like constantly there, whether it's like a, a silly little moment that's not taking away from the drama, of the yeah. story, or, you know, like a piece of scenery or the cinematography. The cinematography was fantastic. The way he filmed this oh movie was like, 
he filmed this in 1954 mm-hmm. and it looks better than like a good yeah. portion of movies that I've seen in the last five years. I- <laughs> oh my God. The, yeah. It is beautiful to watch. I think I saw somebody say that you could pause any scene of this movie and it would be a beautiful photograph. Right. Like and it could be a focused, badass still. <laughs> he focused so much on the cinematography and everything is so intentional. Every yeah. shot and every movement is so intentional. Um, yeah. It, it's incredibly beautiful to, uh, to watch. I would say my only little gripe is that I found myself wishing that it was in full frame 16 by okay. nine. Okay. Yeah. I, just because there's so many shots that having the square mm-hmm. four by three aspect ratio, uh, it, it just didn't feel necessary. It's not like a movie, like the lighthouse where you're like, I get it. It's an artistic choice. It makes sense. There's so many shots. I'm like, I want to see all of that. I want to see all of that Valley. I want to see all of that meadow. I want to see all of that dude standing on a bridge. I like, it just looks incredible. Um, and so I would love if that was even possible. I think they lost the original negative. So that okay. there's even a way to get it. Um, if they even shot it, I just, which I doubt they did, but it was such a cool movie. And there was definitely, there's one specific character. We'll, we'll get into him. Cause he's, he's not the main character, but he's, a prominent figure in this film. I imagine I know who you're probably about. where he comes across like mysterious in his first couple scenes. Mm-hmm. And then he's super obnoxious, <laughs> but he's probably the best example of character development that just yeah. takes you off guard because he has a couple scenes in it where all of a sudden I felt like such a ass being like, yeah. I didn't like you, but now I feel yeah. like, Oh, I feel bad yeah. for oh, not liking. He him. has <laughs> one line of dialogue that just grabbed my heartstrings. Oh, so I bet hard. I know what line it is, and we'll get to I'm it. I'm sure I... you do. And yeah, and I was like, I get you in this moment. <laughs> and I completely understand. Uh, he has my favorite. I I was able to pinpoint, like I I I knew pretty much right out of the gate. Just oh, I'm I'm a fan. Like this mm. movie, really, I'm a fan of this film. But there is a moment, the first time I watched it, I was like, ooh, this this feels like a me moment. <laughs> and then I watched it again and was like, yeah, that scene, there's a scene where I was like, that cements this. This movie is so superior to so many films out there. Yeah. And it's all thanks to everything about it, like the script writing, the dialogue, the acting, mm-hmm. and the, the cinematography, you know all in one scene we'll get to it i'll I'll try not to like (laughs) jump ahead too far but man this movie fucking blew my mind (laughs) yeah i I completely agree i think i think the cinematography grabs you but there's so much depth in the story i think that it's like you said should be taught in schools if it's not already and primarily for the the writing the script writing and screenplays uh the way that it's broken down, the way that it evolves over time, and especially the way that each character is so different and so mm-hmm. fully fleshed out, performed incredibly well, that definitely helps. But you can tell that they're written well as at the yeah. same time. There's there's so a lot of care beautiful. and sincerity in the writing for all the characters and the way that they're acting 
and portraying their characters and all that, mm-hmm. that it comes across just so I think that's what elevates this movie for me really is there is, you can tell that, uh, that he put so much heart into making sure that the cultural aspect, especially, you know, late 1500s, Japan was shown properly. It wasn't like, a used as kind of a gag. It wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, poked fun at it. Was, this was genuine. I found myself feeling like heartbroken, but so appreciative of the costume mm-hmm. designs too, because there, there's a couple shots in it where you'll see like the sandals that they're wearing, or I forget the, the actual name of the shoes yeah. style, but they're like, if you watch all the different kind of classes that you randomly see, like the main, the main villagers that the movie is about, they barely mm-hmm. don't, they have like little strap, you know, scraps of, whatever they could find their feet are hanging over it and it's tied to a string Mm -hmm. on their foot. Uh, the character I was talking about, he is barefoot Mm -hmm. like the whole film. (laughs) Yeah. He's pantsless for a portion of it. it. One of the most badass scenes. Dude, I was looking it up. They were so authentic with samurai, like actual samurai armor. Or mm-hmm. what doesn't look like armor to us, but that's what it actually looked like and was. They yeah. used real armor for some of the scenes. And mm-hmm. it, it kind of cracked me up because it was such a like, oh yeah, that's a shining example of like, we don't really focus on the historical accuracy a lot of the time <laughs> in <Yeah>. Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. And I enjoyed it for him because he's kind of like a crazy oh, he's a wild card yeah barbarian type character where he'll just like <laughs> run into battle without any pants on it's kind of a badass <laughs> it's yeah it's pretty cool uh but yeah let, let's so I, I would say recommend we recommend 100% it highly in this movie so if you haven't seen it you should turn this off and go watch it <laughs> and then come back because it's great uh, but yeah let's spoil the shit out of it yeah, let's do this. Let's uh, let's dive into this epic of it is desperation epic. and survival, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So the <clears throat> premise of the movie is that it's set in uh, 1586 in Japan, and there's a bunch of civil wars going on, and because of that, everything's in disarray, and bandits are raiding villages and taking all their food and just causing general chaos. And this one village has been terrorized a couple of times, at least by now. I have the same group of bandits. Like, yeah, they're like this. We love this village. They always have good shit. We'll just come back when the barley is ripe and, and get some more. (laughs) Right. Like Uh, we're not going to terrorize them yet. Cause we just took all the rice. We got to let them get a crop mm -hmm. back up and then we're going to show up. That's literally the opening of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, so they you can tell that they've been kind of and I'm sure they just kind of go in a circle and yeah. and attack all these different villages and then wait for one to grow more food and go back and get more. So over the course of a few years, I think that they've been terrorizing these people. <laughs> and so the people of the village decide to hire samurai because that's the only way they can figure out to get this to stop. They can't do it themselves. Uh they're terrified of them some of them have been killed by the bandits already yeah um 
that whole setup, that whole premise of like this village, you know, because it's overheard by one of the villagers who happens to be out. Well, he's just out. You don't really know what mm -hmm. he's collecting wood or something, but he overhears the bandits setting up their plan and then riding off. So he informs the village. I loved, like, I it was heartbreaking to watch if this village, like, so poor and just yeah. blatantly being like, we might as well just kill ourselves now because, yeah, the way that they're gonna steal from us, you know, we're not gonna have anything. There is zero chance of us making it from another raid so we might as well hang ourselves we might as well just kill ourselves now what? yeah yeah you want me to wait sit here and wait for the next <laughs> six nine twelve months <laughs> waiting to die because they're gonna come back and steal all my shit and so what am i gonna do sit here and work hard for a year and then have it all taken from me at the end of it right if if i live i'll still have nothing it's just it, might as well kill yourself yeah and that was like that was that was heartbreaking to me because it, it just felt so like in that time period, you know, the movie does a great job of putting you in that time period. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like you just you just met this village, but just from the costuming, the way the village is set up, the dirt and the mud and the wailing and like it's a small I don't even think there was a full hundred people in this village. Yeah. And they're just so defeated. And you got the one guy that's like we got to kill them. That's what we're going to do. We're just going to kill them. And everyone's like, how do you expect us to do that? You're an idiot. <laughs> I felt bad for him. I'm like, he's trying to be proactive. Like, I'm not condoning yeah. like murder, but fuck those bandits. <laughs> but you are con you're condoning defending yourself. I'm, I'm condoning defending yourself. And yeah. uh, I, I loved how they're like, we have to go to the, the elder. We have to mm -hmm. to seek the guidance of the elder because that's something that's like you don't see or really hear anything about these days. In fact, going to an elder is usually mocked. Um, mm -hmm. But that was like that was a big thing, not just in Japan, but just historically going to the elder to learn from or take guidance from like that. That's a tradition that's long been forgotten. Uh, yeah, maybe we should get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, but definitely, a, especially a big thing in Japan, too. Especially they... a big thing in that culture. And I, I really respected that. I was like, that was one of those first moments in the movie where I was like, oh, yeah. They're not just showing us this cool story. Like, this is a deep dive into a culture that we're yeah. never going to really fully understand. So this is a as good of a glimpse into it as I think we're going to get. Yeah. Um, and that's one thing I definitely appreciated because I didn't. I don't know a ton about samurais. Yeah. I haven't seen, I haven't even seen that many samurai movies. Uh, I've seen, uh, this might be one of two samurai movies <laughs> I've ever seen. I watched a bunch of Kung Fu movies and ninja movies and all that stuff, but actual like samurai culture and like styles and yeah. the, the haircuts and everything. I was never really just exposed to it. So I thought it was definitely interesting yeah. to watch. And yeah, he, the elder is the one that tells him like, we're going to hire samurai to defend us mm -hmm. and we'll feed them. And that's, that's our currency. We can feed them. <laughs> yeah. We have to find hungry samurai because we <laughs> had to have no money to pay them. <laughs> so you can't find one that's seeking any sort of like money or fame or anything. Cause it's, it's not that exciting of a mission. You're going to defend this small village against 
30 or 40 bandits. Right. And and then if you win, you get nothing. You just kind of <laughs> get food and board. That's what you get. That's it. Yeah. So you kind of, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel at already for like the kind of samurai they can afford. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which is a fun like series of scenes when they actually like go out and start looking for mm -hmm. a samurai to hire. Uh, I really enjoyed that whole kind of section of, of the movie. Uh, well, I guess it starts with that scene in that house where it's like all dark and there's those two guys that are like berating them and saying, well, like, the, you're yeah, stupid like, for trying. I wanted to try and learn more about this kind of setting because I felt like, man, how, how poor is this village when two beggars, because this looked like, yeah. like a 15th century homeless shelter i guess yeah I, like i don't know it was it's a weird little hut that they're just in mm -hmm. and there's two beggars who are relentless just yeah. they berate them every scene and i'm like how bad does your life have to be how poor do you gotta right. be that beggars are looking at you being like wow hopeless <laughs> yeah they're like wow you guys you can't even afford rice you're eating like millet, millet and all kinds of other yeah it's like you guys are below us yeah and we are the dirtiest <laughs> grossest looking beggars you and ever he saw. looked gross there's a couple close-ups yeah. of him like a little bit later on where his beard like i mm -hmm. don't grow a good beard i mine's <laughs> just patchy and sad that's why i don't really try to grow one uh this guy's was like did the wolfman give up and just yeah. like call it a day before anything can well, really get his, going? His beard moved to his eyebrows because they went like all but the it, way like around. it goes up on top. It's like just underneath his eye, and it's like mm -hmm. it looked it looked bad. Like <laughs> I'm not I'm not trying to body shame this this character, <laughs> this fictional character. It was the style back then. But because I will say the haircuts are dumb all <laughs> their and haircuts took i'm glad that i've seen has them. like a couple kung fu movies or like yeah. one or two other samurai movies where you've seen <laughs> this hairstyle so it's okay and you get it yeah. like that's the culture that was like it was a traditional thing this is what you did but when you see them like go to that one village at the, that we're about to get to and you see like 20 dudes lined up and they all have the exact same haircut where they're bald on top and then have the hair around the side. They look so funny. All of them <laughs> together having the exact same haircut. I'm like, at least change, switch it up. A I'm little like, bit. man, if only they would have waited, you know, could have known, could have known that a thousand years later, or like, you know, maybe not a thousand years, <laughs> several hundred years later, <laughs> You're living in the future. This, this is a natural thing that happens to like men. Like they go bald on top and their hair just grows yeah. on the sides. It, it's like a genetic thing now, guys. Yeah, they were doing it on purpose. They were doing it on purpose. Point. It did crack me up with the, I'm jumping ahead. I'll save it. But <laughs> that one of them had looked the most normal, mm -hmm. <laughs> but he has to do it to put on an act. It cracked me up. I was like, this is so weird to me. Yeah, but yeah, so they're they're in the thing getting berated by the the beggars. I felt bad for the guy. I, man, 
do I attempt a name this early, Jake? <laughs> you should. Uh, we got to do it at some point. Just pull the bandaid right off. I know. Um, got to try to bring his name up. <laughs> I'm so worried to attempt it. <laughs> You're talking about the the villager, the main villager guy. Yeah, the one who runs out to actually try to recruit. I want to say it. it's Rikichi. Rikichi. Sure. Rikichi. Rikichi. <laughs> that, yeah. that actually doesn't sound too far off. But okay. when you hear them like speak Japanese and they're throwing the names out, the names yeah. always blend with like the five other characters that they're saying or, you know, right. words that they're saying. So it's hard to like. And it's not in the same order. So it's no. not like I'm reading the subtitle. It's not like he's saying it in the same order. He'll say it at the end of the sentence or some <laughs> random position. Right. I don't really know how Japanese works. Um, so, yeah, it's impossible for me to know. Oh, that was that guy's name and not. <laughs> another word that I would not be his name. How bad am I butchering this? But yeah, Rikichi, the first one that he runs over to like throws him across a little dirt and is like, how dare you even come and talk to me and ask me to do this? Mm -hmm. Immediately, I was like, fuck that guy. Fuck him. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, I was mad at that guy. I was also concerned that this is not going to go well. How are you going to find seven samurai that are going to actually be down to defend your village for peanuts, literally. (laughs) If you're lucky. Um, Yeah. Peanuts would be an upgrade. Yeah. And then uh, I I love this moment. There's a lot of little things in the the sequence that comes up because they're like, they're suffering the, the two, I guess, wealthier beggars. (laughs) The two bully beggars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll call the them the dicks. bully beggars. Um, you know, they've been like berating them, telling them how, how do you expect to even get anything? The guy offers them, what is it? Four tiny little, like, oh, they weren't rice balls. Are they rice balls that he offers? And he's like, I'll trade you this for some rice or whatever. No, there's a, I think they try to give the samurai a rice bowl. Cause well, they the not that guy, but the another samurai. Yeah, they yeah, that's right. Because he he lost the battle, and he's like, "Well, I would have won if I had food in my stomach." Yeah, and all that stuff. Um, but they like they come across. You know, they're bathing. They're getting in a fight. One guy is like trying to give up on it. Rikichi, or yeah, Rikichi. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Uh, I like Rikichi a lot. I like his determination, even though like he's so desperate, he's so defeated, but he's like, mm-hmm. this is all we have left. Like there, to him, there is no other option. It's we find these seven or find four samurai. Yeah. Yeah. They're searching for four and, uh, or, or we're just going to die. Like he's, he mm-hmm. has no other option. This is it. And the, one of the other guys keeps arguing with him. Like, no, no, like, I forget what he what he tells them, but they're they're in the fight to go back home and just basically mm-hmm. cut their losses. Um, but they're like, they see the whole town show up or like this village show up, mm-hmm. and you see this one guy like walk over, takes a blade, hands it to a dude, and starts like washing his scalp. Well, not washing, mm-hmm. but he like cups water from the river and like 
pours it on his yeah. head. And this is the first time you see uh, my favorite character, which is the the wild one, uh, Kikichu. <laughs> I hate trying to say these names. Kikichu. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not trying to say a Pokemon name, guys. <laughs> like <laughs> Kikuchio, I think. Kikuchio. Sure. You don't know yeah. his name yet, but I love his entrance. Because to me, the first time I watched this, when he comes in and he sits down, he's watching the old man like get his head shaved. Mm-hmm. The way he's watching him, to me, I was like, oh, he knows him. Like it mm-hmm. felt like someone is watching his friend or his his partner or whatever, like make a decision. He's trying to figure out like where is he going with this. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. Yeah, but to me, it was very much like, why is he so latched onto this decision making? And, and it kind of shows through later on in the story. Um, yeah, but I loved just his his body language. It was so subtle, like it or not subtle, really, but it, it's so simple. But for mm-hmm. some reason, I was super intrigued by just the way he sits on the rock and studies the old man getting mm-hmm. his head shaved and, and donning the cloak of like a monk and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that he does, uh, Kikuchio, he's the actor that portrays him his physicality and physical yeah. like, movements and face and body and everything, the way he like carries that big sword around big samurai sword is you can't take your eyes off of it because he's so physical. I was yeah. so intrigued immediately. And it was one of those moments, like I didn't watch any kind of trailer for this going into it. The closest thing I ever knew about this movie was that it existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, very highly regarded and the magnificent seven, the old, the original Western one was the American mm-hmm. remake of this movie. Yeah, that was, and I've heard of Akira Kurosawa who wrote and co- or co-wrote it and right. directed it. He's famous. Obviously. That was the extent of my knowledge of this movie. And so as soon as he like Kukichu, whatever <laughs> sits on the rock, I was just so like, Oh, there's something like I knew he instantly mm-hmm. this guy's crazy important. Like, is he going to be mm-hmm. one of the seven? What's going to go on with him? Is he like, a, is he one of the bandits that we didn't get a good look at? Like, mm-hmm. is he a disciple? Is he what the hell? But it was just, yeah. he says nothing, but he was so captivating to me doing nothing. And yeah, I think draws you in. that is one of the like most brilliant things about this movie is just he he doesn't he sits on a rock and watches an old guy shave his head, and I was mm-hmm. like, "What is happening here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, you find out that like this criminal has kidnapped a child and is holding the child hostage, essentially in this mm-hmm. little uh, barn. And the village under duress asked, like, will anyone just be willing to help? Like, there's no reward. We're just, we need help to get our kid back. And they, yeah. they tell him, like, oh, this old guy just didn't even question it. Just said, yep, I'm going to help. Yeah. And immediately. Yeah, I, I love that. It drew me into his character. Like, instantly. And I also I also love that uh, 
the guy that they're at, like telling what's going on, he's like, there's a bunch of villagers just standing around. None of you are going to do anything. (laughs) And then this one old guy just like sits down, has a guy start shaving his head for him. Yeah. Like he cuts the ponytail off, which to me, mm -hmm. like when they cut that off, I know. Yeah. Like that's an important, that's a big deal. Yeah. I I don't know a lot, but I know that to a samurai, cutting his hair, like the ponytail and everything is not something that you normally do. This is sacred right here. It's like a status thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so when he does that, I mean, immediately you understand when you hear that this old man, without question, without any kind of second guessing, just immediately was like, yeah, I'm going to help. So you understand immediately this guy has kind of a a deep honor system inside of him. Like he's got a very high moral compass and then he cuts his hair. And that it's, it's a moral compass that is not superficial. Like he's not, he has no problem with getting rid of the hair, which is like just a status as far as like culture goes. Yeah. But he's like, he will sacrifice that to save someone's life. He'll sacrifice his life to save somebody's life. He's going to put himself in danger. Uh, so, so you immediately know this guy's a hero. Like, <laughs> like, you, like no matter what happens next, he's a hero. There, there is no questioning. You understand he's he's a hero. His honor system, his moral compass is strong. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and he's the old guy. So immediately as a viewer, you're like, he's gonna be the first. He's the yeah. man. <laughs> he is. <laughs> he looks like a leader to me. <laughs> right. Like he just looks like I need to hang on every word he says because I feel mm-hmm. it's important. <laughs> and he does yeah. like that head rub. Every time he does the head rub, I was like, oh, what is he deciding? What is going <laughs> through his head right now? Because that's like his tell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Deep in thought. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Kambe, the leader of the seven. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the when he pretends to be a monk shaves his head to pretend to be a monk has someone bring him some rice and he pretends to be nice to the thief who has the kid uh goes and gets him to open the door basically he opens the door he opens complete yeah he's like i'm just gonna open this feel free to eat some rice and the guy's like i'll kill it and he's like i'm just being nice and then completely unarmed just lunges into the house, lunges in <laughs> barn or whatever, and and you don't see anything that happens. Yeah, but you're like the audience, just waiting in ba- with. Well, you breath. can hear commotion, and the mm-hmm. way he just dives in, like I love this scene. He just like matter of factly opens the door, kneels down. You mm-hmm. hear the guy screaming, and he's like. You look hungry. The kid is obviously hungry. I brought you some rice balls. Just eat them. Just feed the mm-hmm. kid and feed yourself. Like, yeah. Throws the rice balls, stands up, kind of dusts his hands off. And you're like, now what? Mm-hmm. Dude just dives in. Yeah. <laughs> There's just... He just rushes. <laughs> it just into rushes this it. Room. <laughs> you hear the commotion. It's not very long, but in that commotion, you're like, Jesus Christ, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And then. I think if I remember reading the stat right, I have the little thing. Yeah. Oh, there's a stat. I love stats. For like the first time in a Hollywood (laughs) action film, which Seven Samurai, I guess, actually owns the status of being the first official action genre title. Mm -hmm. 
but it also has the first for slow motion used in dramatic effect, which is this scene. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And then there's also uh, the dual uses the, slow the dual well. use, the uh, conflicted hero premise with some of the characters, like the, yeah. the mixture of all these different elements and some of the styles of filming. It was the first time a movie had combined all of these different mm -hmm. elements for one full length film. Yeah. This would become a very, this is what action movies are. It has yeah. A, a hero that <laughs> goes and does a good deed. And then go, that's completely unrelated to the story. And then it starts doing the actual story stuff. Yeah. And then yeah, slow-mo. We're going to put slow-mo in here. A big fight in the rain and all that <laughs> Dude, stuff. Dude, all the big fight in the rain. <laughs> we'll get we'll there. get there. We'll get there. But I love the slow-mo because the guy comes out, the criminal like kind of comes out. You can tell that he's not right. <laughs> like something's very wrong with this dude. And the slow-mo of him just like face planting into the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's like, what just happened? Me in the audience is thinking, <laughs> what just happened? Is he surprised that he got thrown out of the room? Is he yeah. like, he doesn't have a kid, he doesn't have the kid with him, he doesn't have a weapon, it's just a dude thrust out of the building. And so you're all wondering what's going on. And then yeah, he falls forward and then well, actually I think Cam Camby throws a sword out first, and then yeah. you see the blood on the sword, and then he falls forward. Um I love the it, the editing on that scene because you got the slow-mo with just the the criminal by himself but mm -hmm. then every shot to the villagers is like normal speed normal speed it's and they do that they do that kind of thing a couple times where like the slow-mo yeah. is mixed with real time and i mm -hmm. i loved the like weird feeling you get as the audience member <laughs> watching it but it yeah. worked perfectly but yeah, and then he comes walking out carrying the kid. Mom and dad come running up. Oh, my baby, my baby. <laughs> and he just like, not a word, just yeah. moves on with his day. Like, rides off into the sunset. Right, but he doesn't even ride off in it. Like, he does nothing heroically about it. He literally <laughs> no. just like, you would have thought the dude just swept his front porch and thought, yeah. oh, I need to go pick something up. Like, that's how mm -hmm. his demeanor is. And, uh, yeah, not looking for any sort of reward or yeah, anything, there's... just like it was another day, <laughs> and he just walks off. He just walks off, and I love how confused everyone is. Uh, Kukichu is like, walks over. I love how he, he picks a sword up, pokes the guy, <laughs> like kind of yeah. smacks him around a little bit, does mm. his like cheer, which was another moment for me where I was like, does he know him? Like he's cheering yeah. as if he just did this, but he didn't do shit. <laughs> yeah. That's what I got as well. I was like, he's feels like he's t kind of taking credit or, or yeah, he takes, picks up the sword and starts cheering as if he had something to do with the fact <laughs> that this guy just got uh, killed and the kid got saved. But yeah, he's, that's not the case at all. He doesn't know him. He's just kind of there. He's and... just there. He's excited. Um, and, and like watching it again, after that first viewing, what you know, I don't take that scene as he's trying to take credit anymore. Like the first time I did, mm -hmm. but watching it another time, I, I took it as he's just kind of like that this guy who is clearly not a good human, 
Like, yeah, we don't got to worry about him anymore. Mm -hmm. And we won. And it also kind of makes sense that he would have a strong reaction to someone endangering a child. And that's true later. (laughs) That's very true. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of a fuck this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Kind of thing. But I I love how like our uh, Rikiji and and his fellow villagers, I'm going to fuck all their names up. You might as well start (laughs) a drinking game right now of how I mispronounce or say a different pronunciation every time for the same name. (laughs) I'm not going to remember how I tried. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, don't start a drinking game because <laughs> wow but the more times you try it a different way the higher the chances that one of them is right one of them's gonna be right <laughs> yes but i love how like stunned they are watching this whole thing unfold and how they're like immediately just like yeah that's our yeah. guy we need him like yeah i love how <laughs> they get it the same way that you the audience or at least me got it I was like that's the guy that's the guy we need because he doesn't need anything he's not looking for anything special that because we can't provide anything special so that's great also cares about people cares about protecting them his moral code seems to be at a good place where he would actually listen to what you need (laughs) yeah and so yeah you're like get him we have to get him on board And they take their sweet time about it. They they, kind of like follow him and they take their sweet time there. But every time Rikichi tries to like, okay, like it's like asking a a woman out, right. Or asking a girl, you know, like (laughs) you got to build the courage that you're intimidated by for sure. Yeah. And then someone always interrupts. Like right when you're like, okay, this is my (laughs) moment. Someone interjects and you're like, fuck damn it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i lost it moment's gone i'm gonna try again and the first time is so like innocent because it's uh kyoko kyoko hold on i'm scrolling the list of names it it starts with the k (laughs) oh you're talking about the the young guy the the kid quote yeah katsushiro 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 he's the young guy that's kind of He's kind of a rich kid who wants to be a samurai. You can tell like he longs for a more meaningful or fulfilling mm-hmm. life, right? And he immediately is like, yep, I'm going to be this guy's disciple. He's my master, yeah. whether he, he saw wants the same to thing and or not. <laughs> he saw the same thing and went, that's the guy. I need to follow him. I need to be his apprentice or whatever. whatever it is, whatever it's going to take. I am, mm-hmm. I am following his example, his word, his commands. Like this is it. And I love how what the math, the old man. <laughs> I'm not trying names this whole thing. Cambe, 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 Cambe. I have no idea. Cam, uh, <laughs> good, good old Cam. <laughs> I like how he tells him, like, I'm Ronan, which was one of my favorite, like, attention to detail with Mm -hmm. this movie. Because it's called Seven Samurai. All the samurai you see in the movie were once samurai. Technically, none of them are anymore. They are all Ronan because they have no master. They have no house. Mm-hmm. And I loved that that little droplet of detail. 
I love that too. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot the last couple of days because they are they are Ronin. They have no master. And according to the Bushido code, mm -hmm. if you are a samurai and your master dies or loses his status or whatever, you're supposed to commit seppuku and kill <laughs> yeah. yourself. Stab yourself in the stomach and cut all your guts out so you die. That's like the honorable way to go. But there's a bunch of samurai just walking around who are for hire. And obviously these Ronin are uh, not terribly concerned about being dishonored. Well, it, it's or like whatever. So I was looking into it a little bit. There's like a little historical bit to that. This whole thing. So um, that time period, the late 1500s in Japan mm -hmm. at this, this, it was considered like the end of the the warring times or whatever where all these houses which everyone i think assumes they know of, of you know all the samurai fighting each other you know all the, the civil wars yeah all the civil wars and stuff that basically was all coming to an end like that mm. they have their big i forget what his actual title was but he was like ending all of this just kind of no this hasn't done us that much good. So we're, we're concluding all this. So all the Ronin at that point, like their masters may have been killed off or whatever lost their, obviously they all lost titles, but it was such a great area of you. You don't have to follow that mm -hmm. tradition anymore. Like you are just kind of released from your yeah. duties, but all these samurai are still going to carry so much on their shoulders. It's basically like, like it's military, right? Being yeah. honorably discharged or whatever. Like you're not part of it really anymore, but you're always going to be a part of it. Like okay. you're not expected to serve, but you're, you're always like, you're going to follow the code that you yeah, learned or, uh, you know, mm. uh, ingrained into your life. So like it, it was kind of cool reading that, and then that stemmed also into the inspiration for this movie in general. Um, the the writer and director he actually did find a story of this a tiny village that had to hire several samurai mm -hmm. to help defend the village. He obviously built a, a larger story than what it ended up being. Yeah, but I thought that was really interesting that it like historically they kept it pretty just accurate in terms of the details because yeah, I always thought like, mm -hmm. well, if you're Ronin, like you've been like discharged by your, your master, or your house or whatever. And yeah, I was confused on that too. Of like, I thought you had to like off yourself with your master. Yeah. But, and if you decide not to, it's, it's dishonorable. And then you, that's how you become a Ronin. Then you're Ronin. And so I thought that was interesting <laughs> that the movie, threw in that little like tidbit just to kind of remind the audience of like they're samurai, mm -hmm. but not. And I love how, yeah. uh, cam, <laughs> he calls, <laughs> he, he drops the, the name Ronin a few times mm -hmm. throughout the course of the movie. Like he, mm -hmm. he, he's pretty, uh, frugal of calling anyone samurai. And I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. I thought that was really kind of cool. For being yeah, the old man yeah. that he is. Yeah, but you can tell that he he knows his stuff. He's oh, been doing this a long time, probably been through a few wars. He like he knows everything. And so when he, he's 
I kind of jumping ahead a little bit when he does finally get recruited by them and he starts putting the, the team together. He's like, we need to find some samurai. And he's pretty picky and choosy mm-hmm. about the kind of samurai that they go after. Uh, and I like that about him a lot. Yeah, his his choice of fellow samurai or fellow ronin, I think is really interesting because they're all minus one who's like the master sword fighter. But everyone mm-hmm. else is very down to earth. They're very humble. They're very just yeah. kind of there. He picks them over <laughs> all the guys that are like walking around like their stink doesn't shit or their shit doesn't stink. <laughs> Either way, I went dyslexic for a second there. Um, <laughs> I I thought that was cool, and that was another like tell to his character for me of like now he values mm. human over status. Like he he values a lot of cool things. Yeah, um, yeah, and he also I think having been that person and done that for a long time, you see the same thing in like all kinds of professions, especially ones where it's there aren't a lot of old men because you will (laughs) a lot of the ones you die just along the way. And so if you're an old man, you know what you're doing and you've seen some shit, but he, he obviously knows that the most dangerous people, the kind of people they want to get are the ones who are more humble and not the ones who need to be super braggy or super loud or super seeking fame or whatever. Uh, The ones that are just kind of, quiet and lethal are kind of probably the ones they want. Right. And, you know, we're jumping ahead, but he gets most, pretty much the whole group is that way. Minus one guy, but he's showing up soon. Uh, (laughs) So, yeah, I love how the kid does latch himself onto Cam and Cam just kind of like, okay, I'm going to allow this. (laughs) And as they're walking, uh, Kichu Kikuchio. I need Kikuchio. Kikuchio. So close. I I should Kikuchio. have I should have written down like abbreviated names for me to remember easier because I'm so bad with them. Yeah, do it phonetically. <laughs> right. I was so like watching it and trying to write notes. I was like, man, I'm gonna butcher this <laughs> so bad, and I'm gonna feel so horrible. But oh, <laughs> I love how he like challenges cam kind of silently they just kind of have their stare down and he's like what do you want yeah he like runs up to him with his big old sword on his shoulder and you're like do you want to fight him do you want to do what this kid did and just join him yeah like i don't know what's gonna happen he doesn't say anything for a really long time (laughs) like at all and then uh cam asks him like are you samurai and it Mm -hmm. throws him in that like kind of frenzied attitude which is your first real look into his mm-hmm. just craziness <laughs> yeah and they move on while he's throwing yeah. a temper tantrum <laughs> yeah he's like offended that you would even ask that and i think that tells cam everything he needs to know he's yeah. like okay so you're not <laughs> <laughs> right like done i know you're kind we're yeah. moving on and that's when when our boy uh Rikichi mm-hmm. finally, finally just kind of like, God damn it, I'm not getting interrupted again. <laughs> like yeah. throws himself to the ground to ask for help. I love that they don't show him explaining the situation or trying to like 
beg for mm-hmm. very long. It just hard cut to them back in that little yeah. homeless hut. That I yeah, call it's it. like a hostel with like beds for rich people. <laughs> And by rich people, I mean the one drunk samurai guy has a bed. The rest of them just kind of sit in the corner on the wood right. and sleep there, apparently. And, and I love that Cam's, like, formulating this whole plan and kind mm. of figuring out, like, what's the best defense? Even possible? What's the offense? Yeah. What? How would we go about doing this? Well, I'm going to need – I need more than four. Seven should do it, including me. And, and mm. I love how – he's like oh we're gonna get seven samurai and he's like but the elder said four well we're gonna have seven we'll manage <laughs> yeah. yeah and i love that cam's like whoa i never said yes mm-hmm. but i think everyone understands like i think this guy's like he has to be the guy how are you gonna get it yeah and you- he's kind of like honor bound in a way that it seems to be so far that's his thing that he's just kind of like a knight that goes around saving people because he doesn't have a home he doesn't have a a clan or anything he just kind of goes from town to town and helps and so he's this is exactly right up his alley (laughs) right he has to say yes And, and he tells but but he tells the kid like we're, we're going to move on. Like, I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to do this. And I also think he's kind of like, I think in a way, because he's so, he spends the whole movie really testing people and how they react, their attitudes, their reactions, their emotions. He, he spends yeah. the whole movie kind of studying everyone around him on how they react mm-hmm. to certain things. <laughs> and I think I think he was already agreeing to it. Like yeah. I, I fully think he had already told himself at least like, yeah, we're we're helping these people out. But because mm-hmm. they jumped to the assumption that he was there and like bragged about it, to mm-hmm. me it was kind of a lesson where he's trying to teach them like, oh, no, no, you need to like have an actual verbal deal or agreement made uh, before you just make that assumption. But then the stupid bully beggars have to start ripping (laughs) into him again. And I love it's such a cool shot where the, the hairy one brings cam the bowl of rice. And he's like, look, this is what you'll eat. They eat millet. Like, Oh my God, how Mm -hmm. would you even bother interacting with people that eat millet? And I was like, what a, dick (laughs) but I love that shot where he holds the bowl up and it's like the focus is on the bowl of rice and everyone else is kind of like they're they're blurred a little bit they're in the background but I I, for some reason I don't know what it is but just the way that the bowl (laughs) is focused on and he just says like yeah I'm not going to let the bowl of rice go to waste and you're like yeah we got our samurai (laughs) he's in (laughs) yeah yeah that's basically an agreement. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, the bully uh, beggar, like, inadvertently, out <laughs> of spite, got the the old Sealed man the samurai deal. to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to help him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you mentioned how he tests 
people yeah. and kind of gauges where they're at. I really enjoyed that whole sequence after after he agrees, where he has the kid uh, Katsushiro basically stand at the door with a stick, and whenever <laughs> they call a samurai or potential samurai in, he tries to smack him in the head with the stick, and it's like just a test, like just a baseline test. <laughs> If you get hit in the head, we don't want you right. because it, you're obviously no good. It's like the samurai equivalent of making sure you put your name on a test. You remember doing tests like, did you yeah. write your name? That that alone. Yeah. Is- can you pass the most basic discuss, <laughs> like directions? If you can listen and follow directions, that's the good start. <laughs> For- uh, at the samurai level, it's don't get smacked in the head walking into a room when you have no, you just need to be on your toes yeah. constantly. And if you're not, then you're not a good samurai and we don't want you. That that first one gets so <laughs> irate about it. Like he catches the stick and I found myself like, Ooh, he was quick. Like, get yeah. on. Yeah. He's a good one. And he's yeah. like, you know, Hey, no offense. The, it was a test that we're just doing this. Here's a situation. We would love for you to like help. And the guy's mm-hmm. like, Oh no, I'm not doing that. Oh, oh. And <laughs> Yeah, he's seeking more fame than that would bring. Right. And I was like, oh, man. But then, what is it? One or two after that, you get the guy that, like, talked to the kids. Uh, I think that one was Gombe, Gongabi or something. Gorby. Gorby, thank you. Yeah. Uh, I love when he's walking up to the door and they're like, are we doing it again? Yeah, we're going to do it again. <laughs> and he just stops and laughs. And he's Mm -hmm. like, oh, you jest. To me, I was like, (laughs) that right there was Mm -hmm. the actual test. He was making sure, like, are they just going to walk into this building or are they going to actually kind of have that pronotion of, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. And then once once you see that that's an option, you're like, oh, a real you you thought a real samurai wouldn't get hit in the head like that last guy, but then you're like, oh no, a real samurai wouldn't be an idiot and, and walk just into walk a house blindly that, into this room, just get lured in <laughs> yeah. there to get jumped right. or whatever. He knew immediately. Mm-hmm. To me, I was like, yeah, that's way like it's it's not climatic, no. but it's so much smarter than mm-hmm. potentially getting whacked in the head <laughs> with a stick. Yeah. Uh, well, like a branch. It's a thick branch that oh, yeah, he's like going to crack over some skull. Well, he cracks it over one, <laughs> <laughs> but that comes later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like Arobi a lot and how he just kind of agrees immediately to like help him out. And he kind of knows that they share a similar worldview yeah. and moral compass. And- well, I love that his scene, when you meet him, it's him like, he walks up to the group of kids playing and he just kind of enjoys the moment with the kids. To me, I was like, Oh, this is what a cool thing. Like he's, he's not going for the greatest fighters of all time. He's literally going for people that just show empathy essentially, Mm -hmm. which is like the most basic human ask. (laughs) Right. Right, exactly. And, and I think that's kind of a cool trait, especially for like samurai or all these ronin who are, I mean, they've been in battles. They have killed. They are willing to kill. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't bat an eye when it comes to that. But I like that uh, Cam is putting empathy and putting that human element 
kind of above all, like if, if you can't have that, then you're not actually as effective as you think. Right. Essentially. Right. Which I think is a cool. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing that I kind of got out of it was that a lot of them focus on like, what is an honorable thing? Mm -hmm. And that's like what Samurai focus on, but this and cam especially did make that, uh, emphasis on the higher honor, which is actually caring about people, <laughs> right. taking care of people, going around, doing good, being a hero. Uh, it's not all like flash and it's cool to be a samurai, but uh, what actually matters and trying to <laughs> yeah. be like it, putting it in non-Japanese terms and white people terms, it's like being a knight in like shining armor and like going around and, you know, helping people and slaying dragons and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was just a cool thing. And the more that I watched, like even up to this point, which this isn't even an hour into the movie, but no. to me, like I just kept feeling uh, an overwhelming sense of just like uh, humility, you know, being humble. The movie just kept humbling mm -hmm. me. And I was just like, this is intense on like a yeah. deep level. Because <laughs> like you you sympathize so heavily with this village and with Rikichi, who's so like desperate to save any semblance of hope for his people. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, I think anyone who's ever been on like hard times, whether it's finances, food, or or just emotions in general, life in general, like I think you understand or can understand these characters, these villagers so much deeper and to have like the group of samurai that show up to help them that are recruited to help them. Mm -hmm. To me, it was like, God damn, like the, what a cool thing. Like you, you feel for it. You understand it. You connect to it. And I did not expect that from a movie from 1954, uh, <laughs> especially a Japanese movie from 1954. Keep in yeah. mind, kids, that's not that long after World War II. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Japan had some problems. <laughs> Japan back then. had some problems. Some rebuilding to do. Um, but yeah, so we we get uh, the first like, well, I guess the second samurai recruit, right? Uh, with Gogo Bay, uh, and then Kurobi. it's. Sure. <laughs> Go, I like Gogo Bay better. God, dude, I can't. I'm trying to like my brain is trying to remember what the subtitle said because and then my uh, list of names Gogo is Bay, like not loading like I need it to. Gogo Bay finds Heihachi, Heihachi, which is easy to remember because he's like a hatchet cutting wood. Dude, Heihachi, Heihachi is awesome. Like his yeah. opening scene, he's a hilarious dude. Is fantastic. I love like. The, I guess the innkeeper is talking. Mm -hmm. He's like, that guy offered to pay me and just chopped wood. Who does that? <laughs> and he goes, out, and you can hear the him. The kind like, of guy we need. Hot! <laughs> like he is yeah. hacking the hell out of some wood. It would make Captain yeah, America which... be like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I really liked. I liked, I, I think, uh, I don't know if it's like a, saying or whatever but i think if you whatever you do in the small things is what you'll do in the bigger things yeah. and so for him to put everything in his 
focus and form and he's just cutting wood. He could just be haphazard doing whatever. Uh, there's no real like standard to doing it, but he's doing it precisely. He's doing it well. He's like all that noise. He's, he's intensely ostensibly training. Like he could be just be yeah getting, putting in a little exercise or whatever, just by cutting that wood. Um, I think that tells Grobe everything he needs to know about 100%. him. That he's, he's the kind of guy they want. He's willing to cut wood. He's willing to cut wood well, yeah. even though he doesn't really have to. And it's like, I don't know about you, Jake, but I was watching, especially the second time watching the movie, I was watching those cuts and I was like, they are mm-hmm. like almost identical. Every one he hits is like the exact yeah. spot every time and mm-hmm. i i started thinking like what would it be like if i tried to do that <laughs> that would not go <laughs> <A> well disaster. <laughs> would, yeah. yeah hope you didn't want even cuts because you're not getting them <laughs> you're lucky if you get wood honestly <laughs> Shut it. i can't argue that you're right but i do love how precise he is and he's like makes a joke i love his joke where he's all you can't stop me once i start like chopping up men like Mm-hmm. just can't stop it that's why i just run away love that joke <laughs> the guy's like man what an yeah. effective way to like contain yourself <laughs> how would you yeah. feel about chopping down 30 men and he misses the wood completely <laughs> mm-hmm. that's one of those perfectly or perfect ways to put in a light-hearted joke a good funny mm-hmm. moment that doesn't mm-hmm. distract from the story i'm looking at you marvel (laughs) (laughs) you know i completely agree i think that (laughs) this movie does that a few times where there is really they have to elevate the mood a little bit because it is pretty dark i mean it gets pretty dark they're in a fight to the death towards the end um everything looks bleak but it's a very human thing to find a little bit of levity in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I think that the jokes that are in this movie are timed. Well, they feel natural and human. Uh, And that, yeah, that's uh, just a good example of it. Whereas the stakes aren't high at this point, but you're getting to know that these characters and these two guys who have never met are kind of bonding and they're both kind of jovial about it. Right. And they, they get each other pretty quick and you got your, fourth recruit at this point yeah and uh that's when we meet like really the only samurai that we are introduced to who we see combat like actual combat from Mm -hmm. is the silent not so empathetic (laughs) (laughs) samurai he is the master swordsman yeah he's not empathetic but he's not not empathetic true he's just He's just, he's, yeah, he's a master swordsman and that's kind of his thing that he's just quick and silent and super deadly. Kyozo, Kyozo, Kyozo. Well, you're going to do better at that than I. (laughs) Yeah, Kyozo, you see the duel where apparently this one guy challenged him. Mm -hmm. You kind of come into it in the middle of it. Um, and this one guy challenged him and they're using sticks. And so it's not like high stakes or anything. Um, and they duel and it, they set up the thing that caught me was that it's, 
it's such a quiet scene mm -hmm. and everybody is watching the whole village kind of comes to watch and cam and then the kid and everybody kind of coming to watch also and they see him like line up they take their stances but it's all so quiet and and then they rush at each other and like this both of them touch like sticks to each other's bodies and the guy that challenged kyozo is, is he's like so it's a it's a draw we both we both equally win and Kiel's is like, no, you didn't win it. I obviously won. And the guy's like, how how dare you say that you won? Right. He's like, we'll use real steel and I will kill you. And so they go and get swords. And Kiel's is like, you don't want to do that. And that's the moment you know this guy's going to kill him. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you're, you're going to die. <laughs> Whenever you challenge somebody and he doesn't want to fight you, it's probably because he can kill you. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. And so they line up again with their swords and exactly what you expect happens. It's so quick where, too. Yeah. He rushes him and the same, and he does the exact same movements even, <laughs> but he's, he's so quick. Every movement that Kyozo does, I'm like, that guy, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> like he has practiced it. He is, uh, he feels like a master swordsman. Yeah. And yeah, the way he's just like slices and then there's that other like kind of slow motion. You don't really know exactly how the battle went because it's so fast. <laughs> and then he just like slowly tips over. <laughs> yeah, just and Kyoza just like holds the pose the whole time as, as he's followed through with his sword. And uh, well, I love Cam's reaction though, where he's like, we need that guy. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's his whole reaction to the duel is very like interesting to me because he doesn't really talk during their mm -hmm. first bout. And when, when we first see this duel to me, it was like, Oh, are they just like sparring? Like maybe this is something mm -hmm. that samurai do or did back mm -hmm. then, you know, you run into another one and you're like, you want to spar More practice? Yeah. Let, let, yeah. Let's do a, some light sparring. And it's so funny because when they they line up, when they face each other, uh, what's the dude's name? Kyozu? Kyozo. Kyozo. Hey, that's Kyozo. Kyozo. <laughs> Closest one I've had so far. <laughs> that's progress. We're doing it. Yeah. He's it's also so the like, shortest name, but that's fine. <laughs> his stance is so like deliberate and it's so... Yeah. Uh, controlled and he's so quiet and mm -hmm. then his opponent is so boisterous and he's like he's holding mm -hmm. his stick over his head like he's trying to have a power move or something like that mm -hmm. and they fight and they they do hit like pretty much at the same time and he no i clearly won and he walks off <laughs> when they get the steel when they get their swords cam i love cam's reaction where he's like this is preposterous. There's no mm -hmm. contest here. Cause he knows immediately. Like, yeah, that he that could tell is. that he won also. <laughs> yeah. Like there's, I don't get, it's all to me. It was almost like he's thinking in his head, how can no one else understand how mismatched this is? Like, yeah, there is no, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah, he's very much like, we gotta get the, like, he's excited about mm -hmm. this guy. Cause he, He's so deadly. Mm -hmm. But then they do another cool edit tool where they cut it and you find mm -hmm. out like, nah, we lost a big fish. Like 
Yeah. Couldn't get him. <laughs> yeah. So you get the idea that they must have talked to him. Yeah. But he, he wasn't interested or whatever. And yeah, he says we lost him. Like he didn't want to sign up, but he told him where they were in case he changed his mind. Which he, he does. They, they like mm. go into the little hostel or whatever. And I like that they're just sitting around just kind of talking and just kind of having like that, that bonding moment together. Everyone's just kind of like learning from each other, sharing. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not really talking like anything serious. Though. It's just like kind of new friends. Yeah, Cause that's exactly what they are, but that's how the whole conversation is really treated at that moment. And you mm-hmm. see the master swordsman come walking in silently. Sneaky mm-hmm. bugger. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like that they don't announce his presence at like, right when he walks in, you know, mm-hmm. the one guy notices him and just kind of like, we're just going to let them let the conversation <laughs> continue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he looks like he's looking for something, mm-hmm. like he's trying to figure out who these guys are and if they'd be worth joining, what their character is, basically. That was how I took it, too, where he, he was waiting for something to prove to him that it wasn't boisterous, this mission. of Yeah. Because you could tell just with that quick bout, he's not about that. He just needs something matter-of-factly. Yeah. And he gets the matter of fact sure it's it's in a like genuine like kind of free-spirited way mm-hmm. and not, you know, hey, we're going to have to kill a like 30 or 40 guys brutally, but <laughs> <laughs> right. But I like that he's waiting for that. To me that was how I took it. Was he's so serious and he's so quiet and he's such a master at his craft, but he needs he needs something other than the craft he needs something to kind of humanize him a little bit that was how i took it and it's all silent like i could be completely diving into that way too deep that Mm -hmm. was just what that was how it came across to me because he like they point (laughs) him out after they say a couple jokes and they're like we're just gonna go we have enough like cam's like you know what we're good Mm -hmm. maybe we don't need the seven they're like no we got we got him like yeah we're good of, yeah, we'll have six at least. Yeah, <laughs> and then we get the the bearded, uh, the the hairy bearded bully beggar, <laughs> the bearded bully beggar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Triple alliteration. Yeah, I'm going moment. with alliteration like crazy with this guy, <laughs> like a motherfucker. <laughs> I know. For some reason, he's like super excited now. Like, I found another one. You should have seen him kill all these guys. Like, he took this down. No contest. He's (laughs) drunk as hell. And Cam's like, if he's samurai, he knows not to get drunk. Like, yeah, not drunk enough to lose your senses. (laughs) Yeah. Should we do our test again, Master? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, the way he like walks in all confident and then just gets smacked Dude, in the gets, head. <laughs> like it's painful to watch because the thud he gets laid he out. He gets laid out. Who hit me? Who the hell hit me? <laughs> yeah. I could not tell if as he's that drunk and he's going around, I was like, maybe I've watched Drunken Master too many times. But I was like, is he? 
is he faking, faking it? it right now? Yeah. Like, is he about to just go ape shit or some real moment come from him? Mm-hmm. No, he's he's that hammered. He really, I love the yeah. chase around the, <laughs> the house thing that they're in, and he like kind of gives up the chase, passes out, but not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, by the way, drunken pass outs are funny to watch in movies. And yeah, I the last <laughs> thing the I expected in a 1950s Japanese drama action mm-hmm. is the very common drunken joke in a movie where the guy gets so drunk he just falls asleep like in the middle of doing something yeah but it worked great in the middle of chasing these guys. <laughs> it works great yeah. but i love the like where he's uh he's trying to pull out the family tree yeah he has a scroll yeah that he says, "I'm a, I'm a legit samurai." Right, like I, I've got whole... the whole family tree here. How dare you question me being a samurai? Yeah, but this is some of the best, like, <laughs> body comedy acting. Yeah, because the way that he's trying to dig for the scroll, but he like has to slap his sword away because it's in his way, and he's drunk, mm-hmm. and he's trying to maintain balance. And it's like in the back of his shirt. <laughs> right. Like it's he has to like go inside his robe. He's gotta to like get dig in it. there and pull it out. And then he falls over mm-hmm. and he like when he's unrolling it, the way he slaps it to like quit rolling <laughs> back, he hit that thing and I laughed out loud because every guy, whether you are impaired or sober, if you're trying to unroll <laughs> something and it rolls back, that first couple times you'll like push it. But we mm-hmm. all do that hit where like it rolls back yeah. and we're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. How dare you? <laughs> I was like, I feel you, man. I totally yeah. get you right there. <laughs> like, fuck that scroll. Mm-hmm. Did you get why they keep laughing at his name? I get why they laugh at the fact that he says he's a samurai from his family tree. Okay. What, why does he keep laughing at his name? Well, his name is like... Man, what's the actual translation? It's something like large uh, chrysanthemum. It's oh. it's basically combining a, a female and a male name together. Okay. And that's so they laugh about it because he's like he doesn't have like really a true set identity as being like a samurai of the stature, this person, and he's stealing the identity of apparently a fifteen year old, thirteen year old. <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, so I, I thought that was kind of like, what a deep, like detail that that mm-hmm. kind of name at that time amongst samurai, they would have poked fun at it because it's like mm-hmm. not really in tune with what their naming yeah. <laughs> was or how their traditions <laughs> were. So I was like, man, no one's going to get that joke unless you know that kind mm-hmm. of history, but it's not like to the point where you're not going to chuckle about it every time they do. Cause it's funny to hear them give them shit throughout the movie. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> and you totally get it in the middle of the scene, but I'm also not surprised to hear that because I right. know that like Akira Kurosawa was extremely focused on details yeah. in this movie. And he even put together like complete 
dossiers for every single character. Here's what your character is like. Here's the kind of food you like. Here's the kind of clothes yeah. you like. Here's your complete background for every single character. And so, yeah, I'm not surprised at all that he would think of something <laughs> like that. Right. To kind of define that character. It's just little attention to detail. Little attention. Yeah. And I do love that Cam like laughs and he's like, this is you? Yeah. So you're 15 or 13, sorry, you're 13, 13 years old? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, he never did the math on his own birthday. <laughs> right. And I love that he just kind of like gives up on that, does the drunken mm -hmm. pass out. And when they're like leaving the next day, he does have that life where he's like, just let me come with you. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's like more confirmation his obsession with cam isn't like on a challenging basis. Like right. he's not trying to duel him. It's just, he's so desperate for something, some kind right. of he's been looking for something in the world. <laughs> he's been kind of rudderless. Yeah. And this guy seems like he has what would be beneficial for his life. Yeah. Like he could, he could, teach him or just being around him would be beneficial to become what he thinks he wants. It, which is kind of a cool thing that the, like, it's such a, a subtle thing that they kind of hint at with him and like go into the village. Cause he does tag along <laughs> and they kind of like give him shit. Like, is he still following us? Yeah. He's still back there. <laughs> I think they call him a donkey at one point. Like he's just, is the yeah. donkey still following us? Um, and uh, I, I love how during their journey to the village, like he grows more confident with being with them to the point where he like jumps ahead of them and is kind of giving them shit. Mm -hmm. Like, come on, you got to keep up. And they're like, mm -hmm. when they think he's abandoned him, they kind of, oh, I kind of wish he was still there. <laughs> like we actually like the guy. Yeah. He's kind of, yeah, kind of growing on them. Yeah. They're a little disappointed if he did. Like, they like the wild card because you kind of need a wild card ish yeah um but i i love that whole thing and, and to me i didn't really at the first time watching it it didn't really dawn on me where i was like man they've been in that village trying to recruit samurai for like a long time mm -hmm. and then the second time i watched it it really hit me that they were there for a good amount of time because cam's hair has like it's growing back yeah, he shaved it all the way down. Yeah, he like it was scalp shave when he gets it cut, and mm -hmm. now it's like I mean it's not long, but it's he's got hair again. Yeah, it's a month or two. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, the timeline <laughs> of the movie is like it is stretched out. That means this yeah. village has kind of been like hoping, <laughs> like please <laughs> actually show up with the samurai because the last. Yeah. The last update we got was they found one, but they're going to try and bring seven. What? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like it'll take longer. Which we missed that whole bit uh, of the one of the villagers who like goes back to the village, him and his guy or his friend. They like complain to the elder about bringing seven samurai in. And his complaint literally is like, well, the samurai are going to see our women and go crazy. Like they're going to, he's implying like they're going to rape all of the women. They're going to take advantage of all the women and the women are going to yeah. be like, some of them are going to be I okay think. with it. 
act like bandits. Yeah. yeah. And I love the elders like your head's on the chopping block and you're worried about <laughs> <Yeah>. your whiskers. <laughs> <laughs> I loved that line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it. a life and death situation. And <laughs> you're concerned about them falling in love with your daughter or whatever. <laughs> right. And you're concerned about the women being horny for some samurai. Come mm-hmm. on, man. And, and particularly yeah, like his daughter only, as you learn, yeah. he's he doesn't give a fuck about the rest of the women. It's only his daughter. <laughs> right. Which I don't like that guy, by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, he sucks. He sucks big time. He super sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely super sucks. Um, but I, I really like when they finally do make it back to the mm-hmm. village. And they've gone through the whole walk and they've found out that, yeah, Kukuchio, Kuki, Kikuchio is still with them. Uh, they they get to the village and they start like kind of talking to the people. They're like, we're here to save you from the bandits. And then you start hearing the bandit alarm go off. Well, this bell starts ringing. Before the alarm goes off, though, when they come into the village, remember, like everyone's gone. And they're like, yeah. this is the the welcome wagon that <laughs> we had. Like, we've come to help you. And mm-hmm. everyone has ran. And I like that Cam, you know, they talk to the elder. And I like that he just calls it right out of, like, why is everyone afraid of us? Like, yeah. what's going on? Mm-hmm. And, and I like that the elders is telling him, like, basically, there's this pre-notion. And people are just so, they're in a state of like crazy unrest right now because the barley is getting closer to being ripe and death is right at the doorstep. So everyone's freaking out. They don't know if they can try Mm -hmm. like hard truths are, are spoken. And yeah, then you get the Mm -hmm. alarm and all the villagers come running out screaming samurai sirs. Where are you? We need you. Like everyone (laughs) is crying out. Right. And everyone freaks out and runs up. Yeah. I was I was a little like oh shit they showed up early like oh no it's the fight like yeah we're yeah, not, prepared. not prepared at all yeah. <laughs> like and then you find out it's uh <laughs> say the name Cuccio is hitting the alarm himself yeah I, being a little prankster prankster yes <laughs> calling people with, out on their bullshit. Yeah. More with a so. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really, I think that's obviously the moment where he's accepted by the samurai. Yeah. Because he, he walks up and he's like, what the fuck, villagers? <laughs> like, you pretend to be all worried about these samurai and scared of them. But the moment anything goes wrong and you hear a little alarm go off, you're like, samurai, come save us. His, and, his facial expressions when he mocks them. <laughs> are some of the best (laughs) yeah every physical movement he makes is amazing so awesome but it's true i like that he flat out tells him like he calls him out for you were ready to just ignore us basically abandon Mm -hmm. us to clean up your shit and not respect what they're willing to do respect yeah because they could die like yeah we are putting our lives on the line for you and you yeah. just really like blew us off until the moment of need shows up. And then you're like desperate for us. Yeah. Like, how dare you? You need to just, mm-hmm. there, there has be a little to be appreciative there. 
Yeah. Although we're saying it more seriously, the way he does it is sticking his tongue out at him, mocking him. <laughs> and I love that yeah. he turns and like sticks his tongue out at, at the samurai. Mm-hmm. And, and then just kind of goes on with the saying, but I'm with you. I think that's a moment they all like completely are. Yeah, we're we're with this guy. He is our yeah. dude. All this when he sticks his tongue out at them, all the samurai kind of like break and <laughs> yeah. start laughing. And they're like, <laughs> we kind of appreciate you standing <laughs> right, up for like, what we're doing. He, he's our guy. He's a giant pain in the ass. Yeah, we're gonna be pissed off at him pretty much the whole time. <laughs> but he's our mm-hmm. guy. It, it was like a, yeah. a sibling thing. The older sibling mm-hmm. is always irritated by the younger, but you're still siblings. Like, yeah, you're yeah. you're part of us. You're you're family. <laughs> yeah. So there's finally seven samurai at that point. Yeah, yeah. We we get the title of the movie officially. Officially. <laughs> One of the things you learn about right after that, though, is where Rikishi Rashiki. What? No, wait. Rashiki's the guy from Lion King. What what do we say his name is? Rikichi. No, that's Rafiki. Rikichi. Oh, I was close. Yeah, you're right, Rafiki. Rikichi, uh, he like takes them to his house and they're like looking through his clothes and stuff, and they're like, Oh, this is a pretty dress or whatever. It's like, is this your wife's? And he's like, I don't have a wife, and he's very like defensive about yeah. it. And that's kind of a important plot point, I would say, for the <laughs> whole movie. It's a very important plot point. And it comes um, back a couple but times, I like but the- that's the first I like time. the mystery around it, and they they try a couple times to get him to like talk about because he mm-hmm. throws a couple decent fits about it. Yeah, and I, and yeah, I like and how I, silent he is. You get the impression that his wife died or something like, and mm-hmm. he's just like up in mourning about it. Doesn't want to talk about it. They don't really ask him about it. They're just like, I mean, they're like, "Hey, man, what's the deal?" And he doesn't want to talk about it. <laughs> they're, they're pretty. They they mean well. They might yeah. not do so well at like trying to. Uh, they're empathetic, but they're not yeah. like. They're also emotional. soldiers that are, yeah. Not, <laughs> yeah. not really in the business of getting a guy to open up about his. Right, fear. right, right. So, yeah, they just kind of call him like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, mm-hmm. what's going on? Yeah. And, and Rikichi's kind of an emotional dude, which I understand. Yeah, for good reason. Like, he's got a lot on his plate, so. <laughs> Uh, the next sequence is one of my favorites where uh, Cam, who the leader of the whole samurai is kind of laying out a map of the village yeah. and walking around to the different corners, the east, south, northwest, all that stuff, and figuring out how they'll defend this place. Because, like he says, defending it is a lot harder than attacking it. Mm-hmm. And he has to like lay out what are we going to do in this section? What are we going to do in this section? This this bridge is a problem. We need to get rid of this bridge. And all those houses on the other side of the bridge, they just they evacuate them, get everybody out of there. We can't defend that. They're in them like the wide open field or whatever. Um, and so it's kind of just, and I love how that kind of sets up for the audience. You know the battlefield. You know yeah. all of the different corners of the map. <laughs> you know kind of like what's going to happen before it happens. Um, and I think that leads to a much more satisfying battle, several battles uh, when we finally get there. Cause you have already seen the lay of the land of the, mm-hmm. the whole village and the town and everything. So I like yeah, I, how he does that. I like his walkthrough. I like how he's trying. I, I like that he incorporates 
the whole group and like, how would you attack here? Where would you attack from? Mm -hmm. If you were coming from the north, where would be your first point? You know, where, where are you going from? And I like how everyone is like, well, here's to me. That was a cool thing because they're all samurai. Well, Ronin in Japan, but Japan mm -hmm. had several of these, how these houses, these, uh, families that the samurai belonged to, and they all were trained differently. They shared yeah. the same kind of basic uh, theologies or ideologies of their code, but their mm -hmm. training itself and different life always experiences. Different. So I like that Cam kind of like is asking everyone, you know, because we have all the different. You got the mountains, you got the river, you got the east, mm -hmm. you know, all this stuff, and. I like that he's taking their suggestions and their know-how and incorporating his giant plan on how do we defend, mm -hmm. how do we best utilize our skills and the village, and how do we get this village actually ready. I like that the villagers mm -hmm. are involved <laughs> yeah. with this fight. I was so glad. I was like, man, I hope it's not just seven dudes versus 40. <laughs> like, that's rough. Yeah. But it's the villagers like involved. And I, I think that's kind of a cool thing because you don't really see it in the movie. It, it's one of those story points that I feel you just are able to create in your head that it was spoken about. It was decided mm -hmm. and kind of called upon the villagers like, this is still your village. Mm -hmm. We're going to help you defend it, but you have to defend your village. Like you're right. going to have to be a part of this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoy seeing them kind of get trained a little bit. They're trying to teach yeah. them how to use these bamboo spears and stuff. Um, and, and so seeing them kind of get trained and get experience so they can be prepared for it. Uh, I like that whole kind of sequence that happens. I love the guys when, uh, what is it like six of them throw their spears down? They're like, screw this. We're, we're going to go home. We're just going to take our chances mm -hmm. like this. How it is. <laughs> Moments where a character has that very visual. Oh shit. I made a mistake. Look <laughs> yeah. on their face. Cause at this point you haven't really seen cam pull a weapon out. He hasn't mm -hmm. used his sword on camera yet. Mm -hmm. But when he pulls that sword out of its sheath, <laughs> even I was sitting there watching it and was like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, you guys like, backtrack, backtrack, backtrack. <laughs> yeah. And the way it kind of like chases them around, uh, you're like, oh, we fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You guys, I think we found his line. And to me, that's mm -hmm. very much his like, you do not abandon mm -hmm. like your honor, your tradition, like you don't abandon this. If you're going to be part of this village, then you need to be there for the village. Like I, I really like that cam just kind of like, Nope, not dealing with the shit. <laughs> and all of them are a part of that. You know, they all kind of uh, uphold that, especially, well, not especially, but including, mm -hmm. uh, Kukichio. 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 Kikuchio. Kikuchio. I'm never going to get the names right. We're, <laughs> we're like an hour and 50 minutes in. I'm never going to get the, the names right. <laughs> but he even like helps bring everyone together and kind of like helps keep them on their, keeps them 
uh, mm-hmm. grounded. I love how he just like for some unknown reason at this point mm-hmm. attaches himself to the old man. Uh, oh, I wrote his name down. Jorge. Mm. Who's like the bumbling old man who's kind of just there. He's like crying in the background <laughs> half of the time. You know, he the rice was stolen from him while he was asleep. He's like the mm-hmm. the the village failure. Yeah. But he's like he's the guy. He's he's the one that uh you. <laughs> Never can eat it. <laughs> like, although he berates him the whole time. But he's mm-hmm. like constantly concerned for Jorge, where he's like, "Where are you? You need to be right here with me. Like, yeah. you don't go anywhere." <laughs> yeah, I think he relates to him or identifies with him in some way. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kikuchi is also the guy that, as they are training the villagers up, notices that this one old guy has like a legit spear. It's not like a bamboo shoot that has like a point cut into it. It's yeah. like a real spear. He's like, if you have this, you must have other spears and other things from other like armor or ancestry or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's right because he ends up pulling together all of this, a shitload of armor and swords and, and spears and all kinds of stuff. And, and like kind of, pools it as like this is what we're going to use to defend this village and then brings it into the the hut and yeah. uh and then kind of like gets a little bit upset during that whole scene so this this is actually my favorite scene in the whole movie for like every reason you can think of mm-hmm. but when he comes in kind of boasting about like check out what i just found and like his fellow uh, samurai kind of reject it like they're yeah. offended by it yeah they're like this is not good yeah but his monologue here mm-hmm. to me was so intense to watch and i love the way that it was filmed the mm-hmm. dialogue is great the acting is incredible but the way that it's filmed is what really set it apart for me and what like cemented it that second viewing of like this is my favorite scene in the whole movie Mm -hmm. because he like, it goes from the wide shot where you see everyone and he's yelling at everyone. But the more he lets loose the way they filmed, it goes from including the samurai to it's him yelling at you. Mm -hmm. Like you are sitting there with the samurai and he's just in your face and I love that the whole thing goes from you learn so much about him in this monologue. You're able to learn mm-hmm. he was a farmer. He knows how these farmers can be, what the reputations tend to be. You know, they they hoard, they hide, they manipulate uh, just to get their way, and it never works out well for them. But he flips it mm-hmm. onto the samurai, where he's telling them like, "But samurai, they manipulate." they're violent they come in they pillage they rape they do all this stuff and he's like so emotional during this whole sequence and you learn like you're able to connect the dots of he was a farmer whose family must have been murdered and massacred he must have seen his village absolutely desecrated and he was like the lone Mm -hmm. survivor 
So he's never had direction. He's never had anyone there to support him, to guide him. There's no mentorship there. And it was at the hands mm-hmm. of the samurai, which to me was like, no wonder he's kind of lashed himself onto the samurai and no wonder he's lashed himself onto cam and these six mm-hmm. because they are so opposite of what his perception of samurai has been like his entire existence. And mm-hmm. so he's feeling challenged. He's feeling angry. He And no one's ever listened to him. No one's ever done it. He's just the, the wild card, the guy that freaks out. He's very animated in everything mm-hmm. he does. But he like, I mean, his monologue goes on forever. Mm-hmm. And then he finally just like, is it, he exhausts himself from it. And he basically <laughs> is just like, fuck you guys. I'm out of here for like the night at least. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to the barn where uh, Rikichu is sleeping because mm-hmm. he gave up his house. And he's like, what the hell is the matter with you? Because he's like, you take where I was sleeping. He's like, would you just lay down? Stop giving up everything. <laughs> like, you need to have some self-respect, dude. Like, yeah, lay down. Sleep in the comfortable spot. You are not giving this up for me. And it's like, what a what an incredible moment. For this character who up to this point you as the audience has just been like he's the obnoxious one yeah he's probably like the first to die like <laughs> there's no way he's sticking around for this whole thing and then he's got the most emotional outburst of the whole movie mm-hmm. and you learn so much from him and you're like to me it was just such a that was a scene as he's freaking out and the more you learn about him that i just start feeling so like wow mm-hmm. i feel like a dick like I, like, <laughs> yeah <okay. laughs> i i mean i definitely agree i think that him letting rikishi keep that like spot yeah. in the barn is his first real sign of humility of mm-hmm. you know what you're not better than me or i'm not better than you don't give up your spot in the barn for me i'm just i'm just a guy yeah like, but he feels that way because he also he doesn't really fit anywhere he's not a samurai even though he's hanging around with these samurai he is not a farmer even though he's been there before kind of wants to leave that life so he's mm-hmm. kind of stuck in the middle where he he doesn't really respect this far the farmers and how they are and all this stuff um, he's willing to protect them because he wants to kind of be on the samurai but he knows that he's not them during that whole monologue or the beginning of the monologue, when he brings in all the armor to them, they're like, get that out of here. That's the armor from samurai that these people have killed. These farmers Uh, have killed samurai. And he's like, so, and they're like, you'll, you'll never know what that's like to be hunted by these people Mm -hmm. for your, for your belongings. And, and that tells you a lot about what these samurai are willing to do for them. That the, even though they know that, they know that these people have killed other samurai, they're still willing to help them and, and know that they have killed, possibly even betrayed other samurai in the past. Oh, yeah. But they're still willing to help them and, uh, and at least risk it. It speaks a lot for them. But yeah, um, Kikuchio is like, not really he, he doesn't know what that's like to be hunted by them so he does can't really empathize with them 
and uh, it kind of hates the farmer. So he's a man without a country in this little situation. So it's very upsetting. But I like yeah. that it leads him to being humble with that guy in the barn. He's like, I'm just going to stay in the barn and not really be take either side in this situation. <laughs> right. He just, I, I like that he finds just kind of like that something to be peaceful, something to just like kind of ground everything out. He just had the huge emotional burst. I think everyone's been there before where you just let loose and all of a sudden you're like, I just, I need neutral ground. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I just need a quiet, a quiet space. <laughs> like I'm drained. I'm drained. But that, I love that scene so much, just mm -hmm. how they filmed it and how like he progressively gets closer to the screen as if he's getting closer into your face and how it goes from mm -hmm. him just like ripping into farmers moves on to the samurai and you are able to just learn and take so much. I think it's monologue is like four minutes or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's so intense and it's unrelenting. And then when it finally finishes, you, you do feel kind of like, oof, put in your place. You kind of feel like that was a lot to take in. And the first time I watched it, like the scene affected me, but I felt like I missed stuff because I was so like, mm -hmm. just kind of taken aback. And then the second time I watched it, I was really paying attention to what everything it was saying. That second time I was very much just like, damn, this feels like a guy who, uh, <laughs> it, it's one of those moments where, Oh man, what movie is it in? Shoot. It's it's either in a movie or like on the office or something where two characters are like having this argument and one of them's like, are you sure this isn't about something else? Cause this really feels <laughs> like it's about something else right now. Yeah. That's this monologue, but on such a not funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, that's my favorite scene in the movie. I just, I think that's like the genius behind everything that went into the making of this movie because mm -hmm. it used so many different techniques to make you just like kind of put you in an uncomfortable situation. And this is a part to me where I appreciate that, like that tight box, the mm -hmm. screen ratio being what it was. Cause you can't look anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like you can't get out of it. It's right. like being in an argument you really don't want to be a part of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It definitely pulls you in to focus on that one thing you mm -hmm. should be focused on for sure. But yeah, then uh, we get the, uh, the, the spear scene that we talked about where people seem to have like the samurai are kind of like, all right, we had our, we had our night. The villagers mm -hmm. try to, to abandon, they get put in their place. And we get a legitimate intermission. Like, <laughs> and I, I love the intermission, like where they placed it, how they put it in. Mm -hmm. Of just like you have that line, you can tell that the samurai are getting ready to kind of train them. Mm -hmm. And then it's intermission. It's a five minute intermission in the movie. Yeah. Which I definitely took advantage of when it started. <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh, bathroom. Like, I don't have to hit pause. I can get something to drink. I can, like. <laughs> yeah, intermissions are great. We should bring them back. We should. It's been a long time since the movie's had one. I'm telling you. Well, you and I have said it plenty of times. Like, give us the three and a half, four hour films. You can give us an yeah. intermission, let people have a few minutes to go to the restroom and all that. Yeah. People will take advantage of it. Like, it's a good thing. It's okay. 
Right. Uh, yeah, and if you're at home, you can just pause it. I mean, people are binge watching eight hour movie shows, but you're basically movies. Um, which which always cracks me up when no people problem. complain about movie lengths, but then they'll binge watch like a whole mm-hmm. season in a night, and you're like, you know, that two and a half hour movie. <laughs> You just watched like nine hours worth of a show. Yeah, Uh, it's true. uh, (laughs) Uh, So I think it's either right before the intermission or right after the intermission, the scouts show up and the... It's like right after. I think that's right when you come back from intermission. Okay. And the, the, you are concerned because the, the bandits are here is what you first start thinking. And then you realize that, Oh, they're just a handful of scouts checking it mm-hmm. out. Uh, they didn't expect to see the wall. And so you can tell that they're kind of their initial preparations are certainly helping. Um, but they, uh, <laughs> but they know that the, the, the scouts see them because Kikuchio is out there hollering around. He just can't shut the fuck up. (laughs) No, he's out there hollering like, hey, fellow samurai, where are you? (laughs) So they're like, well, shit, now they all know that they're samurai here. And so they send them off to try to intercept them. Mm -hmm. And I love that scene where they're like, we especially where Kyozo knows the mountains and he can just kind of like find their horses, hang out in a, in a tree underneath a tree, wait for them to come back. And then when the scouts like kind of try to get back to their horses, he just just pops out and slices the (laughs) shit out of their face. Well, yeah. So it's, uh, Kyozo, right? Yeah. Uh, it's the kid and it's, um, uh, Kikuchio. Kikuchio. Um, and I like that Kikuchio tells the kid basically like you just stand over there because he knows like mm-hmm. you are not necessarily combat ready. Like no. we are, you're <laughs> not. We need you to stand yeah. aside and, and just observe. And I love the, the difference, the like contrast of the fighting oh, yeah. <laughs> when the bandits show love up. It. <laughs> No, that's absolutely, it's so stark and obvious, but I think true to their characters, where Kyozo just slices that dude, slices that dude, <laughs> battle for him is over. Kikuchio, like, jumps on a guy out of a tree, no weapon, just barehanded, like a kid from the streets just starts strangling and fighting and beating this guy to death, uh, trying, like, he's just fighting him full on. And yeah, and the way that Kiels is just like waiting for that to finish. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's such a good contrast between them. There is not there is not one kill that Kikuchio makes throughout the course of the movie that is instant. Every Clean. kill he yeah. has is drawn out. It's like a cat playing with its food or playing with like its prey. <laughs> It's just, mm. he does not care. He wants the, the gratification. But if the cat was not like a skilled fighter necessarily, True. because it's more of like like a street cat who's <laughs> never really had any formal training. It's, it's like a feral cat who's learning that it's a cat, and then it yeah. sees something it knows it can kill, but it's not going to do it right away. Yeah. He's ferocious, but it, it's, <laughs> it's a lot of work 
for him to actually get it done. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It, yeah, he he uses a lot of energy on just the playfulness of it. I say mm. playfulness, but it's it it's not like let's play. It's like I'm gonna hit you. I'm going to trip you about, kick you around, let you get up, mm. and then I'm going to trip you again and stab you in, like, the leg, and then mm. I'll cut you in the back. Uh, mm. Yeah, he's... <laughs> no one dies instantly from him. It's almost like... <laughs> but the scout that they he fights, they he lets live, they let yeah. live, they capture him, bring him back to the village, and the thing I appreciated is that the villagers are kind of bloodthirsty. Like, oh. they are... You get you f forget at this point in the movie that they have been tormented and their children have been killed. At least yeah. the, the the elders' uh, children was killed, um, who was probably like a thirty year old man at that point. But he, the way that they like everybody is out for blood. They all want to like piece of this guy to kill him, and all the samurai are like trying to keep them all back. And and he's like he's confessed to his crimes. He's he's begging for like forgiveness to stay alive yeah they're so like the, he's gonna tell us willing. everything we need to know like don't kill him and then you get mm -hmm. the old lady that comes in <laughs> and it's like yeah we're gonna let her kill him <laughs> like, yeah she's she needs vengeance for her son that they killed the bandits killed uh and the samurai just kind of let it happen at that point yeah they just kind of <laughs> They can't argue because it's like the, the elder of the village is mm. the one that has like final say. And he's yeah. like, he tells everyone just like, it's hers. This is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the samurai are kind of like, oh, we tried. We tried. Like, all right. Sticking with the original plan, not going <laughs> the easier route. Original plan it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The villagers being that bloodthirsty. It, it was a good reminder of like so much uh, pent up rage mm -hmm. that these people have. And to see such an easy prey, you know, like one of their attackers is just laying on the ground mm -hmm. tied up. He he's defenseless. Like I, I could see, I could see a little, a little rage, a little bloodthirstiness being yeah. uh, understandable. <laughs> But I think it was also good to kind of light a fire under them. Cause like you yeah. said, they need their help to defend their village. And so, yeah, they're going to need to fight some bandits. So it, it's good to get them like r r rouse them a little bit. So that they're right. not so just afraid of them, but actually willing to fight these people that are about to invade them. Uh, it, it was good to see that they're actually willing to, take up those arms and fight those people. Oh yeah. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I, and I think around here is where they're, it's kind of, they're kind of waiting. There's a lot of waiting going on mm -hmm. where they're not sure. They're like, maybe the bandits won't come because it's been a while. Yeah. They're like, Hey, the, the barley is ripe. Like mm -hmm. they start picking, you know, they're, they're doing their farmer thing. And yeah, like are the bandits even showing up? Maybe, maybe they forgot. Maybe they've just chosen not to mm -hmm. uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember at that point too, even me, I was like, like 
absolutely in love with the movie, but I did find myself being like, why is this movie listed as like the start of the action genre? Cause all the action so far has not been like no. action packed, which I would say mm-hmm. the movie is not action packed at all. Despite no. what like some people say, but it, it's pretty much right. When you start thinking like, man, like, when are the bandits going to show up? Yeah. And I think they, even the, the uses of slow motion is very different than what you're used to now. Yeah. I think you watch a movie now and the use of slow motion is to emphasize the action and how cool it looks. Mm-hmm. And like we mentioned those two uses early on with the guy that got killed. We didn't even see him get killed with the, the thief with the kid. And then, in the, the end of the duel as well, there's a little bit of slow motion, but that's after all of the action has happened. It's really just to emphasize the, I guess, consequences of that action yeah. that this person has just been killed and they are, they are, have lost the battle or whatever. It's to let you focus on, on that, which I think is a very different approach, but yeah. I, I liked it. I definitely liked it. I, I really like it. And I and I like how like as they're waiting, you know, they're they're kind of overlooking what they've been setting up so that they can essentially control the different attacks that are gonna come from the bandits. Which mm-hmm. I thought was a cool thing that they're like, you know, we're setting up, we're trying to defend this place, and the best way to defend it is to just control the points of attack these guys can show up. So they build this weird fence all around the, the village mm-hmm. minus a couple openings. Uh, they create like a moat and they put the bamboo mm-hmm. spears in. Yeah. So flood the horses the can't fields. get through. Yeah. Flood the fields. And then they're taking apart a bridge, but not completely. They're basically just making it so that it's like you can use it, but not mm-hmm. easily. Yeah, it'll take a little effort. You're going to have to climb. You're going to have to do something. It'll slow you down. Yeah. And I like that. Everyone's just kind of like trying to gear up for it. Hey, go check the bridge. Make sure it's getting taken apart like it's supposed to. And he's like, Mm -hmm. what the hell do you think we're doing here? As they're lifting (laughs) logs and trying to move it. But the bandits are like, they show up. Yeah. They're there. And the, the scouts we talked about, they happen um and then i think after that is when rikichi is like there's a fort like i know where the bandit fort is Uh, and it's like not that far if we have their horses the scouts horses so we could take those it's half a day to get there and so they decide to risk it cam decides to risk it he's like I guess it's we there's only seven of us so we can't lose anybody but we I guess it could be worth it if we send three dudes to go and take out reduce their numbers yeah. at their fort um tonight if we do it overnight we'll get there a little bit before morning um and that seems like a good plan Cam is a really good leader. Like I feel like through the course of the movie, like you mentioned, he's taken the advice from the people who've had other experience than him. Uh, he's setting up this plan. He's, I think you could study him as a leader in general and come away with a lot of good stuff. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but the way they, Oh, and then they take uh, Rikichi on because they uh, need a guide, someone who knows where this fort is. 
So three samurai uh, and Rikichi ride over to this fort and they get there and everybody's asleep. And they're like, this is great. And they're trying to figure out how they'll deal with this. And they decide to light it on fire and burn it down while they're in there. And then they'll just cut them down while they run out. Yeah. Um, which does sound like a very good plan. The thing I liked the most is that as it's like all inflamed and people start running out, the samurai all there, uh, women start running out first and you see the samurai like ready. And then they'll just like move <laughs> right, get out right, of right. the way. Oh, not, not, not them, not them, not them, <laughs> not going to kill the women. Uh, and then a dude runs out and is like, fuck you. I'm going to kill that guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. And the way they just like focus on the bandits and then let, let the women go. That's all really, really good. And this, this place is burning hot, like burning constantly. And then this woman walks out and like looks around and then runs back inside. And me, the first time watching, I'm like, what just happened? Like, why is she? I thought at first I was like, maybe she sees her house burning down, sees that all of the, a lot of the men are just been killed. There's very mm -hmm. little chance of her actually like having a home surviving. Maybe she just wants to like kill herself. There's no real hope. She's going to run back inside. But then you learn as Rikichi tries to run in after her who had not been cutting down dudes. He's just a right. He, he was there, but he yeah. saw her and ran up, <clears throat> ran up to her. Well, started to. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, she runs into the house. And, Heihachi, down, and they have to Heihachi stops him. Yeah. And they have to pull him away. And uh, you learn like that was his wife. That yeah. was such a, a crushing blow to me. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah to learn that this guy oh. whose wife obviously he had a feelings about his wife he wasn't going to expose but i assume she died mm -hmm. and then to learn that she didn't die she was kidnapped by the bandits and then either was too embarrassed or dishonored or whatever mm -hmm. that she decided not to like be excited about being rescued she ran back inside that's yeah. I took it I took it as like she probably felt so I, I want to say dishonorable to her husband like there was no yeah uh mending those wounds like mm -hmm. too much shame and especially in those those times like that that's just too much there's no coming yeah. back from that uh and so to I was like man she chose like what a way to go to burn yourself alive in this home. Yeah. And it throws Rikichi into like just a frenzy, which is totally understandable. Cause he's like, yeah, you get the sense. That's the first time he's seen his wife since who knows how long, maybe at yeah. least a year. Yeah, for sure. At least. And, um, as they're like trying to pull him away, there's still, fighting going on not a lot but there's still a little bit of a commotion mm -hmm. and it's uh oh, it's hey hachi hey, hachi he like he goes down and as he goes down the first time i watched it i was so lost with what happened because it's so fast yeah i was like did i hear like a gun and why is he on the like he's done i was mm -hmm. so like what the hell just happened what did i miss 
And you do learn, like, they have muskets. And mm. your first samurai just went down. And it's yeah. it's a likable character. <laughs> yeah, the funniest guy, kind of the, the one who brought the most joy to the group. Yeah, they carry him on the horseback back to the place and then start mm. building a grave and stick his sword in the ground. And yeah. the way that... Um, the way that Garobi, who had recruited him and kind of bonded with him over their sense of humor, the way he like throws himself onto his grave in like mm -hmm. agony is is heartbreaking. It is. Well, and and I love we missed it earlier. So at one point, uh, he was making a, a banner and he gets asked yeah. about it and he tells him like it feels wrong to go into battle without a banner like signifying who we are and so he points out like this is the, the village this is us this is mm -hmm. you you're the triangle you know he tells <laughs> that the kikichio and yeah um like the banner is meaningful and at his memorial mm -hmm. as everyone's like kind of mourning and i love kikichio how he just like is silent mm-hmm and how he's like, he's super pissed off, but he's just silent. He's just solemn. And he goes in and he gets the banner and he like, he plants it kind mm -hmm. of like, that's his way of honoring mm -hmm. this guy. He's showing honor to him. He's showing respect. <laughs> yeah. And I think he also sensed the, the fear, like doubt started creeping yeah. into their minds that shit, there's six of us. Yeah. against 40 dudes uh and can we even do this now without this guy like we haven't even started the battle yet <laughs> and and i think kikuchio picks up on that and runs and grabs the banner which is always a symbol of inspiration yeah it's carries it up to the roof and plants it for everybody to see it is a very and, and he just like he plants himself right there with the banner for the night. Essentially he stays there and then they mm -hmm. see, you know, bandits starting to show up again. Um, but I, I do like how they handled that. Uh, it, it's shortly after that, right. Where he goes after, he goes back into the woods. Kukichio does. And, oh yeah, no, I jumped way ahead. My bad guys. Yeah. Cause they, they ask about like, how many did you see and yeah. how many muskets are there? And you learn, yeah. like you get the official. Yes, they have muskets. The bandits are riding in with all their horses and yeah, they count three muskets. And, yeah. and so they're like, okay, we got to be very careful about those muskets <laughs> because all we have are swords and some bows and arrows. Yeah. But and, I, uh, Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I, I love the, all of the the running through the village sequences, mm -hmm. um, just running in general, the sam the samurai just running back and forth as they're like, oh, they're in the east, oh, they're in the west, and they're trying to run back and forth and defend this village. The way the movie's shot is with really long lenses, telephoto lenses. So you're kind of zoomed in on them. You see them running, and they look like they're running really fast. Like all the action is pretty pretty quick, um, but it also draws everything, the depth of everything really into focus it's like yeah. how um it's like how michael mann did heat it's a lot of really long lenses uh and it just kind of makes them stand out from the background more um 
and and he pans them along as they run and it just looks really really cool i like all of those scenes also they have the map that they laid out of the whole area and they've counted all 40 bandits as little circles and so as they start picking them off one by one with arrows as they're trying to (laughs) penetrate the fence and trying to figure out how they're going to get into this village Uh, they start killing off a couple and you get to see cam like cross them out so you know exactly where they're at what the stakes are (laughs) yeah (laughs) how far they need to go uh to get there which i think really as an audience you really feel like you know you know where they're at where they need to go and what's Mm -hmm. in their way to get to the end of this and none of it comes easy. Like once, once it all starts really rolling into place after the fortress assault um, or the hideout assault, if you will, mm-hmm. um, like that, the pacing of it definitely just like, it does feel like they're running. Like yeah. the, the movie, it's been very patient because it needed to be, you've learned so much. You've, you've connected with all these characters Mm-hmm. now shit's hitting the fan so <laughs> also you're just kind of like it, it's a whirlwind yeah. at least to me it was where it was yeah like, like oh, it's shit, basically whirlwind. right at the last hour it's just <laughs> battle after battle after yeah there's like breaks where it's like nighttime and they're trying to figure out if they'll be attacked or not but then it's like battle <laughs> <laughs> and it and it, there's a lot of emotion in that final hour too uh um, yeah you know as kukichio is trying to get his post is this bridge that they've kind of mangled up mm-hmm. and he's constantly mocking you know they tell him hey they have muskets watch out for the muskets you can't do anything crazy first thing he does is run right out into the <laughs> wide open and like mocks them they fire yeah. at him and he's like oh oh shit <laughs> missed me missed me runs on top of his bridge and slaps his ass at him basically mm-hmm. tell him like kiss it they fire mm-hmm. at him again and he does that like whoop but then he's challenged to me like this is i feel so bad for him so like he's defending this bridge he's doing it his way but like he Mm -hmm. you get the sense when when the time comes like he would be able to stand or or pull off what he needs to do but he gets so caught up because he's untamed if you mm-hmm. will, he, he's so wild. Definitely. And uh, he gets challenged because the elders uh, son and daughter and grandchild mm-hmm. are freaking out because the, the elders home is being set on fire and they're like, he's still in there. That's mm-hmm. like, he's always wanted to die in that home. Like that's his, his destiny he's not gonna mm-hmm. let anyone do anything about it. please let us get him out and you as the audience really i was like well obviously you can't let them go like and, <laughs> right. and at first i was thinking like oh this is gonna be the moment he's gonna go in to rescue the old man and he's mm-hmm. gonna get killed off saving this old man mm-hmm. i was wrong <laughs> He lets the son, the daughter, and the grandchild go to the the burning home. Mm -hmm. And then he leaves his post because he's like overly excited. He's he's just, he's scattered. He's a little scattered. Yeah, he's not the most in in control of the situation. Right. 
but he's never been in this situation he's before. Never he's never been in that right? and he's never had anyone there to guide him to teach him how to have self-control yeah. how to how to be present and uh mm-hmm. so he abandons his post to go and fight because he's like this is what i'm here to do is to kill these bandits so i'm gonna go mm-hmm. hunt down and kill some bandits and he like he gets berated by cam who's like why the hell aren't you at your post dude <laughs> like yeah you're there's a reason we need all of this to go into place and so when they return mm-hmm. to the bridge yeah there's fighting still mm-hmm. when the, yeah, fighting the shot of- the shots you see of the houses on fire oh, is really God. cool in the They're distance so cool that fire i was thinking about it i was like man 1950s they're filming this the only special effect they have is actually lighting these houses on fire. And I was like, that's a lot of fire. (laughs) That is a lot of heat. And these actors Mm -hmm. are actually very close. Like you can tell they're near, especially at the, the bandit fort one. Right. Like that's a lot of fire. That's a lot of Mm -hmm. like, we really don't have the budget to rebuild this whole village, dude. I mean, the right. studio shut the movie down. I think it was like four times because yeah, he was over budget. They've been way <laughs> over budget. They built the village from scratch. And yeah, a lot of the burning scenes, maybe all the burning scenes they had to do in one take. <laughs> <laughs> because they just, they could not afford any mistakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Kukichio, like as things are kind of like, boiling over for him because it's stressful. The fighting's still happening. They're still, Mm -hmm. you know, killing off bandits and villagers are starting to die as well. Kukichio kind of realizes like, where the hell is the old man? Where's that family? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, yeah, did they make it back where they are? And they're like, no, no, they're still there. And he like, without thought, just guns it Mm -hmm. to go and find this family. And he comes out with just the kid. Well, he's get he's in the river and he sees the mom. That's right. Yeah, he sees she, the mom come out. Kid. Yeah, and, and he takes the kid from her because she like dies. Yeah, she, she, he takes the kid from her and she falls over. And Cam's like, "Oh, she's been speared. I can't believe she made it this far." Yeah, and, and it like throws him over her over his shoulder, trying to get her out of there if, if she's still alive. And yeah. Kikichi was left with this baby in his arms in the middle of the river. This is the scene. I think you and I both alluded to it earlier. hundred percent heart shattering. He yeah. like collapses in the river, holding this crying child. And his line is this child is me. Yeah. And like everything just kind of <laughs> floods you at once. And you're like, it makes so, like I hundred yeah. percent. Everything, every action he has made, word he has said, his giant meltdown, Mm -hmm. you know, pretending to be a a famous samurai samurai, just to get in the door. Everything all comes into such sharp focus. And it's all because he's looking at this baby whose family is completely dead. It's in a Mm -hmm. violent area. It's village is being attacked and potentially burned down if they fail instantly orphaned Uh, yeah instantly orphaned zero guidance zero anything the baby is on its own 
Mm-hmm. And for him to just like tell you, just this was me. Like, yeah. Fuck. Me. And the way he does it, the way he like breaks down, uh, just the way the performance is, it completely connects to you. Just like, oh, oh no. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what is this movie doing to me? <laughs> yeah. I was not prepared for that. I think that's my favorite line if i had to boil it all down to one Uh, line is when he goes this is me i'm like (laughs) oh my god i completely get it i I had it was either at that line or a little bit later on where i remember thinking like i don't remember the magnificent seven being this deep like and humbling and just thought perfect like not to sound like a cliche you know movie critic or whatever but like thought provoking and just complete Mm -hmm. i mean this movie is the complete package folks it is yeah everything (laughs) (laughs) but i digress (laughs) yeah absolutely true yeah there isn't a lot of time to really focus on it after that it gives it the time it needs um but they're in the middle of a battle still and kind of that whole night they're in a back and forth battle um and trying to trying to get the the bandits to give up ground or not lose any more samurai is kind mm-hmm. of the main goal of take as many as you can but not get killed. Um, <laughs> they was it's funny when uh, the one guy who has a, a daughter we haven't really talked about the daughter at all. No, um, but the, there's one guy who's a dick. He has a daughter, <laughs> um, but he ends up getting shot like in the leg oh yeah a little bit and he's like oh my god i'm dying bring me my daughter so i can see her face before i die and they're like it's like a beasting like you barely got grazed (laughs) why stop your wailing and he's like oh okay yeah i'm sorry guys and and it's that's another great like comedic breather Mm -hmm. but it doesn't take away what's going they just kind of like dude like Mm -hmm. You're fine. Oh, okay. And then yeah. before you even have time to really like fully appreciate it, they're like, and more assault scenes. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, the, all of the action I really, really like. Um, it's like you said, it's really well shot, well lit. It's easy to see what's going on and, and all of that stuff. It's it's really enjoyable. So a lot of movies I feel like today, they're so kinetic and frantic and there's cgi and there's so much going on it is really hard to kind of see what's going on and who's that person and and what where what's the goal again like how many people are in their way all of that stuff i think it does a really good job of showing this um and it also does a really good job i don't remember who i was reading some things about this movie but i think that they hit it on the point where it said um every time that you see them cut down a bandit and and actually kill one it it follows like the camera follows the bandit leaves the hero the Mm -hmm. hero goes out of frame and it follows the bandit to like where they end up dying and and then they uh compared it to a lot of other movies like name any popular action movie where (laughs) avengers is like a really good one like all the marvel movies the camera just follows the hero and they're like knocking people off, killing all right. these people. And you don't really see where they go. You don't really see what happened to them. It doesn't really give you any good sense of 
the gravity of the situation and and the stakes and the fact that they're killing those people like that's kind of matters in the grand scheme of things um for this movie to actually follow yeah they killed that guy and he's dead and he died right there and he's one of 40 and we're kind of keeping track of how many they've killed right. so far uh i thought that was really really interesting and a very different but i think better way to do it overall mm-hmm. well yeah i mean it, it's it's reminding you that that bodies don't just vanish mm-hmm. in a movie like when you die it's not like a video game where the defeated character just blinks off the screen like yeah. you're watching where their body lies that means there's going to be a minimum of at least 40 people mm-hmm. of bodies that will have to be taken care of yeah. And you assume they're not going to really bother burying bandits. <laughs> yeah. So they're probably going to either toss them in the river, or burn them, you know, in a, mm-hmm. in a stockpile um, and then bury the villagers and samurai that, that don't make it, mm-hmm. um, which is like right here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. you, you hear, if I remember right, you hear like a wail, like you mm-hmm. hear a cry, like a battle cry kind of, and everyone moves, like you said, where you point out when, when they run, you know, the camera mm-hmm. pans with them and you get that sense of like, oh shit, something just happened. Like someone else just did a villager die or like someone important die. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's Cam's like friend, like his mm-hmm. actual friend, uh, Say his name because I butchered it horribly earlier. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to remember which one he is. Uh, uh, nope, nope, nope. It's uh, Shichiroji. 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 Yeah, he's an old friend. Yeah, he uh, he's been taken down, mm-hmm. and they're like carrying his body back it's like it's the first one where you see him kind of having like a i don't want to say ceremoniously but they've taken the time to put him on like some boards or some bamboo to carry him Mm -hmm. back into the village for a proper farewell Mm -hmm. and it's like the first time cam's like you see it at least on screen of him being like oh my god like this is what is happening to us and, and he even said, I mean, at the funeral, he even has that line of like, we only have 13 more, but mm-hmm. this one came at a huge cost. Mm-hmm. Like, because there's only seven of them to begin with. So anyone that falls, like, your, <laughs> your percentage of, or, or your odds of having a, a, a good yeah. outcome drastically drop. Yeah, the number of bandits each samurai needs to kill goes way up if you lose one samurai. Right. Yeah. Uh, luckily, the villagers are doing their parts with their bamboo spears. Yeah, they're helping quite a bit. <laughs> I love when they like they let a bandit into the village and then they block the rest out with like spears yeah. and stuff so that they can kind of like just slowly chop away at them. Yeah, and and. Uh, and the way that like one samurai will like lead a bunch of different villagers around with them. And like w- once they realize he's fallen off the horse and he's kind of like vulnerable, then he just kind of six, the ban- six, the villagers on him, <laughs> right. uh, like get their spears out and start stabbing them. And the 
Samurai goes and does his own thing. <laughs> there he is. The goal yeah. is you let the one or two in, knock him off the horse. I mm. love the one that's like he rides his horse in backwards because he's caught on to what they're doing. So it's like mm. no one wants to stand behind a horse while it's kicking. Yeah. And he like gets in. And even I was thinking this, this is a good plan for like <laughs> 10 seconds, but yes, it's not a long-term this plan. Is, yeah. This is not your answer, dude. Yeah. And sure enough, you, I think you even hear Kukichio even say like, watch this or like, just wait. Mm -hmm. He has some line like that. And sure enough, the guy falls off the horse cause it collapses. Mm. And that's one of those other playful kills where he's like, there he is. And they all chase him and they like prod at him. And you see Kikichio just kind of like fucking around with him a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then we get the, uh, where they're trying to figure out like how to control the muskets though. Yeah. I love that sequence of events where they're really concerned about those three muskets and they really like to get one out of the bandits hands. And so Kyuzo, the swordsman, just like, I'll take care of it. And he runs off into the night. Into the, and, yeah, and it's like night, it's foggy, you can't yeah. see. <laughs> and he's like gone for a while. And then uh, the kid sees, hears noises in the fog that next morning and doesn't really know what's going on. And then slow, sees Kyuzo slowly walking out, hands him a musket, goes and takes a nap. <laughs> well, he tries to take the nap. He keeps tries to take a nap. <laughs> yeah, but he's just like accomplished his mission, and now he's gonna go take a break <laughs> until they need him again. Well, not only does he accomplish his his mission, but he even tells him like, "Hey, got two more." Like he didn't mm -hmm. just take a musket. He like he made sure. Yeah, I'll knock a couple guys off of the list. It's yeah, two took bodies. Some we don't with gotta worry. Yeah, yeah, and, and it kind of triggers Kukichio because everyone's like, hey, he came back with the musket. They're more excited that he came back. I mean, they're happy to yeah. have a musket out of their hand, but they're like, we didn't know if we were down another <laughs> yeah. guy. Especially like the best swordsman. We <laughs> right. don't want to lose him. And Kukichio takes it. They're celebrating just the musket getting taken mm -hmm. he kind of like it's competitive about it and it's like well yeah i can do it i think the same reason he wanted to be a samurai is the same reason he sees this he sees the glory yeah. and he's like i i want that i i could do that it should be me kind of thing and so he decides he gets it in his mind i'm gonna get a musket i'm too. gonna get a musket too i love him getting the musket Mm -hmm. Of course, it has consequences, but <laughs> <laughs> but he does it in his way, which I think works so well. It, yes, and this is like, like what you and I were talking about earlier. How I mean, he does this pantsless, mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah, he like completely changes his outfit and puts on some bandit outfit. <laughs> yeah, when he goes to stalk him out, he sees. Uh, two bandits like trying to abandon this mission. They've they're like, no, we're not going to fight these samurai in this village, and yeah. they get executed by the bandits. And Kikichio's yeah. watching it happen, and I love how he walks over to the the first dead guy, and he like pokes him, and he like mm -hmm. steals this little headband thing, 
mm-hmm. kind of tosses his banded bandage off that he's been wearing as like a weird hat, but it's yeah, like not. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love when he walks over to the second shooter and sits next to him, and it's just kind of like. BSing with him mm-hmm. <laughs> and like pulls his sword out and is just kind of looking at. I love the look he gives the guy where it's just dead on, like square yeah. in the eye. And just kind of like, like that. Yeah. I'm going to kill you. He takes the guy's musket as if they're just like buddies. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we're on the same team. It's totally fine. Like takes it, looks at it, plays with it, hands it back. He hands and, it back. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that, that, that was it. You had the musket there. <laughs> Yeah, and then he like pulls out his sword and then waits for the guy to realize that's a samurai sword. So that means you must be a samurai. Right. And and I love the guy's like, oh shit face. And mm-hmm. Kikichi was kind of like, Yeah, like this yeah. is this is happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he chases him down and cuts him down and then has a ton of bandits chase him. And he's like <laughs> right. Running with this musket, trying to get back to the, the village. Which he's... I, he gloats I, about getting the musket, and he gets put mm-hmm. in his place, because Cam's like, that was not... Not the way to do it. What you were supposed to do at all. Yeah, it was reckless. It was seeking glory. It was all the stuff you shouldn't be doing. Right. I really like um, Katsushiro, the kid who sees what the what the swordsman does and takes the opposite interpretation of it from mm-hmm. what Kukichio does he he sees it and he's like wow that guy didn't seek any praise from anybody for getting the musket he didn't do anything that is a guy like that guy is he, he's a dog like that guy is someone to be honored and appreciated and emulated yeah. That's the kind of guy I want to be like. And so uh, I I think the 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 two different interpretations of two different guys who saw the same thing happen uh, is really interesting in this movie. Oh yeah, 100%. Well, and it it fits the narrative of how yeah. this whole movie has been going, especially from Kukichio's uh, point of view cuz it's already been so skewed from what you learn about him uh, mm-hmm. from the previous scenes. And he's so lost. God, I feel so bad for that character. Just so much I feel bad for him. Uh, But he like... Everything seems to just fall apart kind of after he gets that musket. Mm -hmm. They can't control... Everyone's exhausted. Everyone's just like... They've been in days worth of battles. Multiple days worth of battles at this point. And Cam's basically like, we need one big battle before we get too tired. Yeah. Well, yeah, he flat out says, like, the next battle has to be the final one. We have to Mm -hmm. just go until we're done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because no one will be able to fight much longer. Like, that's, this is, everyone's spent. This is it. And, And they tell him, like, they they share the the order of hey tell people to go see their families tonight like go spend this mm-hmm. night with the family because tomorrow is it and uh, yeah. the dick with the daughter <laughs> which we didn't touch on this like at all mm-hmm. um, there's a bit of a 
love story, but not like love, love. I, I think it's more infatuation. Um, yeah. Like accidental infatuation. Did you know this was the first movie in this time period when it was filmed to show like touching? So when no. uh, when the kid discovers that Shino, the daughter, is a woman because she's been like her hair's cut off to yeah. look like a boy, she's like dressed like a male, um, and they're like getting in a, a bit of a like a I guess a fight or a little old man term for you kids out there a tussle and. Uh, <laughs> And he like he goes to brace himself up because he's like he pins her down thinking she's a man, and he mm -hmm. goes to like brace himself up and he accidentally like touches Grazes her. her boob. Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't graze the boob. He flat out like <laughs> <laughs> like Palms that is it. that is full palm, and he <laughs> freaks out like, oh my god, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, she redresses herself, right? And, uh, well, she doesn't, she's not undressed. She fixes yeah. her. Just, yeah. Closing her it up garment. even more. Yeah. But they kind of like, she expects him to be this previous notion of a, a samurai that you assume her dad has instilled in her that all they're going to do is mm -hmm. pillage and rape. So she flat out, like at one point she's laying down, she's like, just act like a samurai. Just get it over yeah. with. She's like trying to give herself over to him and he doesn't do it. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but they kind of like, they form kind of a relationship, like a, a secret mm -hmm. relationship of just connection. And, uh, so the night that families are meant to go and be together one last time, the dad is told like, go be with your daughter. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows she's your daughter. None of us care that you have a daughter. They right. like poke fun at him for it. <laughs> for trying to hide it. Yeah. yeah. And he goes to be with his daughter and he shows up post coitus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which this was a scene like everything with him leading up to this moment. I was like, he's just dumb. Like what a dumb mm -hmm. guy. And then this scene happened, and I was like, this piece of shit. Like, <laughs> yeah, he, the way that the dad approaches it is like the worst way possible, where he just, just disowns his daughter as if she's spoiled goods and says the worst things about her. Yeah, well, he calls her damaged goods, and then he full on assaults her, just beats the hell yeah, out of her is punching her like legit punching her and, and everyone was trying to figure out what the hell just happened cam's trying to pull him off and trying to figure out like what mm -hmm. is happening tonight was supposed to be like a final night of peace and like mm -hmm. be with your family kind of thing what happened with your daughter and it, you kind of have to remember that time period you know the 1500s mm -hmm. especially in Japan and, and their customs and their traditions and their, the culture itself back then, um, where they were very much like, okay, obviously you're, you're handing down punishment. It's severe, brutal punishment, but what mm -hmm. 
punishment. It's punishment regardless of what happened, but they're not like the reaction. If a dad beat his daughter, like this guy does these days, that guy would probably yeah. be like death row. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, hey, yeah. Hey, I, I would hope so. I, I would be so. totally okay with like, Hey, let me have a crack <laughs> at this motherfucker. Like, especially cause I have a daughter and I swear to God. <laughs> yeah. Hand on that. Mm. I did really appreciate how the samurai are realistic about it. They're yeah. like, Hey, there are two young people on a night where nobody may survive tomorrow. <laughs> right. And, and they like each other, their young love, all of that stuff. It's not unheard of. It's not a crazy thing for them to have done. They're trying to like talk sense into the dad, but yeah, he is just not even he interested in hearing any of it. He yeah. just completely checks out of it. Um, and she's left just crying and, and you, I feel for her, the dad, I'm like, I kind of wish, I kind of wish we would have seen him get killed in battle. Honestly. Yeah. She but deserves better than that. Yeah. Um, but that's like that was an intense scene for me. I was like, "This is brutal." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, not really what you expect. You expect like a you know a peaceful um, night where they're just trying to mm-hmm. enjoy the world one last night, possibly, probably. Um, yeah, it was kind of took you off guard a little bit that there's this <laughs> big fight and turmoil in the middle of the camp, <laughs> right? Like excuse me, hours before it's all about to go mm-hmm. to hell one last time. <laughs> I did like how that's used, though. So the next morning, it's all rainy, and mm-hmm. they're just waiting. They know the bandits are also tired and injured, and they have to attack today. And so it's going to be every both sides have non-verbally probably agreed that it's the last battle. And so they're just waiting, and uh, Cam recognizes that everybody's nervous and he's like we need to lighten these people up a little bit and so he uses that he's like hey the kid is a man now like, <laughs> right finally <laughs> yeah. and, and like so turns the thing that was so serious last night into and everybody starts laughing and it kind of definitely helps them. It, it loosens people up because he doesn't need people to be like stiff they need to be loose because yeah. if they're loose they're awake they're- yeah and not afraid yeah, and not afraid, you know. They're about to do the final battle of their lives or for their lives. So they need to be there. They need to be mm-hmm. present. They need to, you know. And I, I do I, I thought that was funny too. He's like, he now knows what it's like to be a man. Here we go. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, I love the the different battle cries that like the three different bases have and everyone's just prepped for it and the bandits come and they're like you gotta let them in this is mm-hmm. this is where we're gonna fight just yeah. we're not we'll, gonna stop them this time we'll let all 13 in and we'll all just converge from different sides yeah. and try to take them out as best we can and this is the scene where uh Kikuchio is still in his bandit outfit and he has no pants on and the way he's just like in the street bare ass waiting for them to come down the road I'm like what a badass like, well, he just, and I love how just charges at him they uh they lead into the final battle with him where he like he's stabbing 
swords into like this uh, mound mm-hmm. that's kind of in the center of the, the village. And they're like, what the hell are you doing? Because he does like five or six of them. Yeah. And he's like, it's kind of hard to kill all these guys with just one sword. So I'm going to need backups. <laughs> and you're like, this guy's going for it. Like, yeah. It's. <laughs> Yeah, he feels like a legit samurai. Like he is full on ready for battle at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's I mean I feel like he has blamed himself it. for the previous two samurai deaths just because his actions yeah. seem to have led to that. Um mm-hmm. I think he's really trying to make up for that. He's you can tell he wants to grow into this honorable soldier warrior. Um, but he just has no true guidance. And, and you can tell everything leading up to this final battle that he's looking at the samurai as you guys are my guidance. Like this is, mm-hmm. this is it for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I did have a moment. Cause when the bandits show up, I mean, it's like, it is quick. And, mm-hmm chaotic and it's it's very chaotic especially because it's in a torrential downpour rain yeah which i'm so and glad there was a rainstorm during the scene i'm like it just yeah. adds so much to the scene <laughs> and it's so muddy and sloppy and everybody's running oh, yeah. and falling over and slipping and stuff and the horses are are <laughs> struggling and and the bandits are all closed in and trying to fight their way out. Yeah. Yeah. It's very chaotic. It's very chaotic. And, uh, I mean, it, it doesn't last very long, which I think a normal like movie trope is the final battle is going to take up a lot of the like screen time. This one is very, the bandits show up, they let them in, everyone fights. Mm Mm-hmm. And then before you really realize it, you're like, oh, that was that was a battle. But the battle itself, I mean, it's chaos for the most of it. And then three, to me, three very significant things happen. One mm-hmm. is Cucuccio watches his, uh, the old man that he's kind of taken under his wing, uh, Jorge. Mm-hmm. He gets shot down. Like, he gets shot with the arrow. And Kikuchio, you know, runs up to him to check on his guy. And he says, like, I didn't abandon my post. I I guarded my post and he dies. Mm -hmm. First time I watched it, this was the scene. I had an audible like, oh, shit, he's about to fuck something. I was like, oh, (laughs) he's about to go nuts. Like, Mm -hmm. he's going to kill everyone, I think. Mm -hmm. He kills a lot, but... (laughs) But it's not like the kill scenes in this movie are not like kill scenes that, you know, you we were used to. You know, I say Kikuchio yeah. kills a lot of guys, but it's not like he goes on this berserker mode mm-hmm. in- invincibility uh, run. It's just right. his body count is high. I think out of mm-hmm. the 40, he's probably got at least 13 bodies under his belt. He kills yeah. a lot of people in this movie, especially in that last uh, battle. Mm-hmm. But as he's like freaking out and getting angry about watching Jorge get struck down, you know, he's killing a guy. We get to, we get to, we have to watch 
the master <laughs> swordsman. Yeah. Get Kuzo. Taken out. Yeah, he gets shot from one of the muskets and you you just hear it and it kind of stumbles and falls in the rain and then Yeah. throws his sword in the direction of the gunman basically. <laughs> and, and he And and yeah, Kakuchio takes that, sees that, he's there for it and just kind of like that that's my responsibility now. I need to go kill that guy. And he as he's running up to there, I was like, he's he's gonna, you know, he's gonna this could be the most brutal part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And to me it kind of was because he mm-hmm. gets shot and he falls. Yeah. And I was like, no! <laughs> like, no. <laughs> yeah, the way that Kikuchio comes up to the door and then gets shot in the stomach and falls back, uh, and you're like, he can't die. Like he he needs to, he's the main character now. I need him to like, live. He has to be redeemed. Like he's got to learn mm-hmm. guidance. Don't kill him. Mm-hmm. But dude, when he got back on his feet, like one, I knew. Like yeah, he's this is it for him. Mm-hmm. And I also knew. The gunman ain't making it out of this. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. What if he, once he got on his feet, you knew he was determined. Yeah. Like he's running on pure adrenaline. It's time to, to end it. Mm-hmm. And his kill on the gunman. I mean, it's the most straightforward mm-hmm. kill he has. He kind of like, it's not instant. He kind of walks mm-hmm. the guy back out of the building. Mm-hmm. But he just like it's a straight on when it's time to kill. He just like, and mm-hmm. it's one of those kills where I think it was the most audible that you hear the sword like cut into Probably. the guy. <laughs> yeah, it's memorable for sure. But then he falls, and what what gets to me the most on that part is Cam is the first mm-hmm. one to run over, crying for him and to check on him. And to me, like that's such a moment of that sibling kind of mentality where cam has just Mm. been wanting to help kukichio grow and he knows he can be a mentor and teach him once all the chaos is over he can be there for him Mm -hmm. and now this this young-minded fighter is dead and he's Mm -hmm. never he'll never have a shot at like a peaceful life or to know what Mm -hmm. humility really is and yeah and P- yeah, it's to yeah. me. I was just like, "Oh my fucking god!" <laughs> yeah, that that was very touching for sure. But also, um, Katsushiro, the kid yeah. who who didn't have anything really in common with him, or they didn't have a lot of moments of interacting with each other. But the way he realizes that he's died, and just like, "Where are the bandits? Where are the bandits? I need to take this emotion and revenge out on somebody." And and then Cam says they're all dead. Like we we won, and he's just like, no, <laughs> yeah, I, I there's nowhere for my grief to go, and now I'm stuck with it. And, and it's brutal. Like to me, uh, like what a hard thing to go into and to come out of. Just like he just watched these men mm-hmm. that he has grown a bit of a relationship with, and, and most of them are dead now. Four of them have been taken out. 
And yeah, he never got to avenge his brothers, if you will. He he doesn't right. have that opportunity. And then we get like the most 180 moment. <laughs> it's 180 in the sense that all of the villagers are celebrating and planting. Their uh, yeah, crops they're replanting their crops. Everything's beautiful. They're singing their songs. It's like you can tell this is mm-hmm. normal for them. This is peace for them. Well, yeah, they finally found it in this kind of a ding dong, the bandits are dead situation. Yeah. And they're all very excited about. But the samurai are still in that same place of we lost our brothers and and I love Cam's line where he's like, This is not we lost this battle. Oh yeah. Like it this is their victory. It's not our victory. We did not win. We lost all of our friends. Uh, yeah, like we, we lost this one too. We didn't get anything out of it, yeah. And I, I love how like when Shino comes up and she sees the kid how she just moves on and he like, you can tell he wants to go after her, but she just falls mm-hmm. right in line with like, no, this is the farmer's life. This is what she's doing. She see, she even sings like the song. Yeah. And I, I love the fact that the three samurai, like it, it's very somber, but they don't have a future in the village. And I, mm-hmm. I appreciate, I, I really respect the decision to not give the movie the all around happy ending. I, I thought, yeah, what a smart decision to make it very bittersweet where you're happy that the villagers survive. These farmers are okay. will mm-hmm. be okay. But the consequences of everything that just happened, it's on the shoulders of these three remaining samurai and where mm-hmm. they go from there. I mean, they have no home. They have no, right. It's just on to the next one. It's just on to, you know, we're just going to travel the road until, Mm-hmm. something comes up yeah the framing of that shot where the the three remaining samurai walk into frame mm-hmm. but then you see the four graves with the samurai yeah. swords in them up on the hill uh, and it's just like all seven of them in that shot um it's so perfect it, it's perfect and, and i also like the placement of the samurai where uh cam and uh, forget the other the one guy's name they're like they're kind of close mm-hmm. and they're understanding just that somber and the kid is just slightly a little bit farther away from the two of them mm-hmm. but he's not moving towards the village or, or whatever i like that decision because to me it's like the kid is kind of trying he's being forced to make a decision right there yeah or, or come to understanding mm-hmm. his decision like for the first time Mm-hmm. You know, when he first decided to follow Cam, I think he meant well, it had great intention, kind of knew like, I'm going to witness tragedy, mm-hmm. but I won't witness like heartbreak. Right. Still feeling the romanticized version. Uh, yeah. Of what yeah. It means It'll be, be romanticized samurai. constantly. And now he's in a place of like, there's nothing romantic about this. Yeah. And the, actual romance that he felt mm-hmm. actually there's no future for it. So he's kind yeah. of stuck in that, that limbo. It's not the kind of life where you can have a wife and kids and yeah, and, like and settle down. You're just constantly on the road. You're a wandering. You're, yeah, you, you wander. It's such a beautiful movie. 
I fucking love this movie so much, Jake. It is everything that they say it is. It I truly was, is. I was a little skeptical. I was like, oh, it might be more of like a, you know, one of those Orson Welles joints where I'm like, hey, get it. It's famous. It's was important for the time, but doesn't really hold up. This movie holds up. This and movie I could watch it over and over. And it, it was really cool for me to like as I was watching it and just being able to be like holy crap, I can see so much of the influence from so many movies that I love. I can see where they drew inspiration from with this movie. And I think that's just what a cool thing. The movie is like 60 something, what, 70 years old? Oh, you're going to make me do math. It's late at night. Uh, Yeah, it would be. It's it's around almost exactly years old. Um, yeah, almost exactly seven years old. And I feel like its impact on filmmaking is still just as prevalent as it was when it first came out. I just, this movie, mm-hmm. like, I, I just want to tell everyone, like, just fucking watch this movie. Like, <laughs> don't, don't run away from the three and a half hour mark. Don't run away from the, oh, it's old. It's black and white. Oh, there's yeah. subtitles. <laughs> Shut up. I watch I this movie. On. I put it on and my wife was in the room and she does not like old movies. She likes very specific old movies like Gone with the Wind, but the rest of them, no. Uh, and she was like, and then she saw the subtitles, saw the four by three format, saw black and white, saw Japanese. And she was like, what the fuck is this trash? And I was like, well, it is arguably one of the greatest movies ever made. And she was like, no, I'm not watching it. But I do think if she did watch it, the characters and the story and everything would connect and she would like it. Uh, so if you give it a chance, I do guarantee. It'll I, be I really, like, yeah, this movie just, this is one of those movies and it's happened a few times for me on the show where I'll watch a movie and I just like, I just have that, that understanding. I'm going to watch this movie so many times. Like this is going to be mm-hmm. one of those comfort movies of mine where I'm just going to put it on. I do it with so many already. It's like, you know what it really struck me as? For me, it's like the Japanese foreign film version of the Snyder Cut. Because I can throw the (laughs) Snyder Cut on at any moment and just be fine. I do it with Batman v Superman all the time, too. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is going to be that movie for me. It's going to join those ranks where it'll just be like... Yep, we're just going to put that on because I know I'm going to love every time I look at the screen, I'm just going to love it. I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah I think so, oh, too. <laughs> what a movie. Well, there oh. you go. That was the seven samurai. Yeah, I think I yeah, I think we said everything we could. It's a great, great movie. It's so good. It's good. People, you got to watch this movie. It's so <laughs> freaking good. Um. Yeah, I don't have too much to say left on it. Uh, watch it so if what, you happen to have seen it. Let us know what you thought of it. See if yes. you took the same kind of stuff we took from it. Yeah, uh, if you have any fun movie trivia about it, I think all of yeah. those old movies have a lot of really interesting things, especially about how they got made. Uh, I love hearing those things, so hit us oh, up. Oh, yeah. At Movie Boners on all the things. Uh, well, next week should be fun. Uh, we're going to celebrate Mom's on our next episode Mm -hmm. yeah should come out on mother's day so love you moms our top 10 movie moms 
uh, will be next episode. Yep, yep. And uh, yeah, go buy your your swag from us while it's still there, and we will see you guys next time. All right, thanks everybody. Woo-hoo. See ya. Bye.